All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Almost Good Podcast, the podcast where me, I'm J. David Osborne. Hello. And David James Keaton, that's him. Hey, everybody. We talk about movies. And today we are going to talk about movies. We're going to go over our best of the decade slash our Oscar picks. Um, but before we do that, we actually have a special guest on today. And I'd like to introduce her with some theme music. <laughs> Everybody, please welcome Rios de la Luz to the program. <laughs> wow. Hello. I picture and, you busting through a beaded curtain and just like strobes going off. <laughs> so we are, we brought her up. Well, I asked her because I told her that you and I were going to talk shit about American Dirt, um, the new book by Janine Cummins. Cuts butts. Cuts butts. <laughs> and, uh, when I told her that, I saw something like I saw her eyeballs start to twitch, and oh, that's, you know, that's uh, noticed you're you were there for the first time in months. <laughs> She's like, wait a minute, yeah, yeah, be interesting. You know, what's funny is we tried to we tried to do our best of last episode, and we talked so much shit that after two hours we had like no real podcast. And then at the end, you were like, oh, let me talk about uh, some movies that I've seen really quick, and we did yeah. like a movie. We did a movie speed round after speed uh, round. you know. Going to town on um, a lot, well, a lot of stuff. And so this one, we swore we were going to do. Let's just do all business, do the movies. And you're saying, let's introduce this giant controversial topic right off the bat. Oh yeah, we got to so talk there's, about that. So there's a chance that we will never talk about movies <laughs> this time again. But I, I actually want to learn about this American Dirt thing. I only saw little bits of it, um, but what I saw was hilariously gross. So. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Cool. Wait. Well, let's let's do a, a quick recap. Would you like to recap, or do you want me to recap, Rios? Um, let me think of the order. So, American Dirt is a shitty book that has come out by a white woman named Janine Cummins, who claims to be Puerto Rican. All of a sudden, she has decided that she's not white anymore. Even though, like a couple years ago, she was saying she was white, and she was too scared to talk about. Um, racism. She was too care- too scared to um, talk about anything too controversial. But yeah, here she is with her million dollars and her book deal and movie deal. Um, so Miriam Gurba, um, who's the author of uh, a novel called uh, Mean, um, she was online. She was on Twitter and she was asking around about um, uh, what online uh, magazine would post her review for a book. Um, because she didn't name it at the beginning, but she said that um, someone had they, a magazine had given her American Dirt to review, and she absolutely hated it because it's horrible. And um, so uh, she decided to post it on. Oh shit! I don't know where she put. She well, she posted it on her blog, and it on was her blog. it was yeah. Miss Magazine. So Miss Magazine paid her to review this book, and when she turned the review in. They paid her a kill fee to not run the run the article because it was quote too mean and she wasn't uh, quote famous enough to talk that much shit. Yeah, and I don't think it was until I think uh, what maybe la- um, I don't know how many days ago or how many weeks ago I don't know it's all blending together but yeah like she like eventually yeah. she revealed that it was Miss Magazine. Um, so so okay so it started with that. And then um, finally, I think there was a review in 
oh, the fuck, the maybe the New York Times. I don't know. It was like New York Times, LA Times, one of those, like where people were finally, like pe- reviews were coming out um, for American Dirt, basically um, pulling it apart and talking about how it's just absolutely demeaning and horrible. And um, it's just, it's a bad book. Um, so I don't know what so else. So is it, is it um, the, the, the badness? Is it, is it like exploitation porn? Is that what's happening with that book? Is that what? Uh, is that what's yeah. bad? So, so it's exploitative. Um, and it's so like it's you. You need to go on the thread. So, like, um, even just like the intro to the book. Um, the I don't know if I can know. I don't know if she's like the head of the publishing or so. I don't know if she's um, Cummings' agent or whatever. But at the beginning, um, the forward, I guess. Uh, the the person who who's who's writing it she talks about how um you know like that all of a sudden in like 2013 you know immigration came to light and um i guess uh janine cummins said, uh wanted to give and this i think this is how she quoted it wanted to give a voice to brown faceless masses or something like that um essentially yeah, that's that was her her mission is she wanted to create empathy um, and she wanted to, um, I guess, give humanness to to Mexicans. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So like, yeah. So thanks, thanks for that. And she's like uh, it's, and she suddenly she suddenly identifies as 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 money. Like she saw the dollar signs and she's mm-hmm. like, I I need to. She, I need to take advantage of my slight, slight tan or slight brownness. Is that what's well, going on? She figured out. I don't know when she figured it out, but she like, I guess she has like a Puerto Rican grandmother somewhere oh, down she, the line. She 100%. Yeah. She must have sent in. <laughs> she sent in the tubes. She sent in the tubes and got back that list that says like, you're, you are 1%, uh, uh, you know, South African. And then you get to. That must have been like on Maury when he does the you're not the father thing and they freak out. Like she must have been jumping on a couch finding out that she was yeah, part part Puerto Rican. If if anybody is listening to this who has not read Miriam Gerba's takedown of the book yet, you really should. It's on tropicsofmeta.org, I think. I can link that in the show notes. But um I often lament the fact that there's not really good book criticism out there. And this uh is about it's got to be between four and 5,000 words. It's one of the most epic takedowns of a book I think I've ever read in my lifetime. And, that's, and it's so necessary. We talked about yeah. this a couple of shows ago that it's all positive. There's so much positivity out there. And uh, especially when it comes to books, you know, when the when the fix is in on these books, yeah. everybody puts out the, you know, the marching orders are that this needs to be great. It has to be great. And it sounds like that machine started rolling, but then some people like stood in front of it and said, wait, slow down machine. Is it mm-hmm. really any good? But then the machine just rolled over them. Right. right? Is that, so I, yeah. it's still, it's, it's still it's being a, advertised as a great book. I've seen all these. I saw it in the reviews. airport, man. I saw it in the airport yesterday when I was in there and it got picked by the Oprah's book club. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been endorsed by a lot of celebrities. Uh, uh, Latinx, we'll call them Latinx celebrities. I saw, I saw a tweet today that I thought was really great where it's like, I'll bet you money that every, uh, you know, because the women from Roma and yeah, uh, Gina Rodriguez were all like kind of showing the book. They're like, we bet you that they're jockeying for position as the lead role in the film. Right. Oh, absolutely. Like, like um, Gina Rodriguez, absolutely, because she's garbage. So, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I can see her wanting to play the, 
the fucking mom in the movie. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, so, no, so okay, so so there was like the so there's the criticism of the actual work, the book itself, and how it's exploitative. But then um, people started going down the Twitter of uh, Janine Cummins, and um, something that was really like it was it was horrifying, and it was it was it was fucking gross. Um, so at a, a dinner party for the book, for the release of the book, um, there were centerpieces that were representative of the border. So there was like. Um, it was a barbed wire. So it was supposed to be barbed wire with twigs. So it was like the centerpiece with, with barbed wire and like flowers on top of it. What because the fuck? it was, a, yeah. So it was, a, so <laughs> when I saw that, that really like sent me over. Like I, I had a, that's like, that's like right out of the, like the forties when they show some big Hollywood party and then they have somebody come out in a gorilla suit and then like a bunch of African-American people on bongos and they're like the heart of the jungle. And there's like this show that they put on. That's just horrifying. Like they, they're there yeah. celebrating the squalor that it's like a celebration of the hardship party. Basically, yeah. Basically the, <laughs> the border as aesthetic, like the struggle of, um, you know, in this case, she's talking about Mexican people. So I guess the struggle of Mexican people as aesthetic, like not actually, you know, like if you're wanting to claim that you're wanting to humanize, like that's the complete opposite of that. It's just showing that we're a little centerpiece for you, you know. Um, so like there was that. And I think so the, the dinner party was also I'd have to find the thread, but it was also in a it was in, in a restaurant like a a high class restaurant as well. That was the other thing. Like, so yeah, someone had to think this through. Like there were multiple people that had to think this through. What are we going to put as our centerpieces for this expensive fucking dinner party? And they decided to make it this barbed wire, like horrendous thing. That's fucking, that's fucking insane. That's what I think. I'm sure people smarter than me have probably said, would you do that? Would you do that with the Auschwitz book? Would you do that with Schindler's List? Would you put up barbed wire? She got her nails done in barbed wire. To her celebrate nails her as book. well, yeah. And she posted on Instagram a picture of her nails, like, look how pretty it is. Uh, how, pre- how pretty it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and so talking about the fix being in, I'm looking at a few things right now. And um, Dave and I rail about this on the show all the time. So this is a very good intersection of uh, things that bother Rios, which kind of like appropriation and uh, people coming in and sort of telling stories out of school. But then also we're talking about just like what we're kind of seeing behind the curtain about just how like when a book is anointed the the juggernaut that gets put behind it is sort of insane right so there are current there's an article that just recently came out in uh, marketplace.org which is about amazon restricting negative reviews of american of american dirt mm-hmm. so they're going through and kind of calling mm-hmm. anybody who's sort of talking shit about this book ostensibly to keep it from um you know to keep trolls away or something but i mean that becomes a very loose definition right like we don't really know who's being denied there it's it's Um, such a real quick that's such an interesting thing because it's almost hard to blame them because you they have created the place that sells the book as well as the place that reviews the book so imagine if you if you had a bookstore and somebody said, I want to put this on the wall that says that this book is shit. And the bookstore would say, no, we're here to sell books. Right. So the fact that we've all accepted that we have to go through Amazon for both our the product or the, the art and the criticism means mm-hmm. that we ha- we have to endure shit like that, where it's like right. 
no dissent is allowed because they control everything. Right. So that's a, you don't even have any way to complain about it and say you took down my bad review and be like, well, you're in our bookstore. And I, <laughs> I kind of, I'm sort of privy to some some inside info here. I was, I had beers with uh, David Bowles a, a few days ago because I was in McAllen for work, where he lives. And Bowles is one of the people, along with Gerba, who's kind of led the charge against this book. And so he was telling me a little bit about Cummins. And it turns out that she's just she's a company woman. She worked for Penguin for seven years. She went to all the right parties, met all the right people. And so once she found she read a bunch of like Urea and Herrera and, you know, all these, you know, great writers who actually have experience at the border and were writing about it. Who are not white. Who are not yes. white, right? So she decided to go in, kind of cherry pick, um, not to jump around too much, but there's also some pretty shocking evidence that a lot of the stories, uh, a lot of the anecdotes within the book are called directly from uh, people's Facebook posts that wow. she just kind of went through and just kind of cherry picked those. So she basically went in as a tourist, picked out the things that she liked, made her little book. And because she was a company woman, they fast tracked it and they anointed the book as the next thing. You know, here comes well, Oprah. Here comes well, Celeste. Hits, here yeah, comes, hit, you know. It hits all the all the marks, you know, and that's why they probably were wringing their hands and thinking, "Man, I wish, I wish she was more Mexican." She's like, "Well, I, I can't like, be." No, probably not. They don't give a shit. They don't give a shit about that. No, they give a shit about what is trending. Oh, there's kids in cages, and someone's going to exploit that. No, we're going to exploit it. We're going to make money off of that shit. They don't give a shit if she's Mexican or not. They're, that's the thing. I think that's what's frustrating for a lot of. Latinx writers, and that's why there's so many people that have spoke about this on Twitter, is literally, it's just, yeah, it's just frustrating because it's like, here is this obviously white woman who wants to be brown so bad. She wants to be oppressed so bad. And yeah. here she is, and she's a fucking millionaire now. And, you know, like, she's just going along for her little ride. And it's, and she got to tell that story. And that's what lots of people are going to read they're going to read that story and you know when when there's already tons of books by latinx people who have written their versions of whatever stories we have to tell it doesn't have to be about the border it doesn't have to be about our suffering like that's the other thing you know oftentimes in art especially when it comes to you know to people of color is it's like our pain is what gets commodified. Our pain right. is what sells. It, it's sure. not, you know, like I can't just tell a story. I mean, I could, you know, if, if I wanted to, but like maybe this wouldn't be the thing, but like I wouldn't just be able to tell a story about a girl who happens to be Mexican and maybe she's just traveling through space. It's like, well, are there space immigrants? Are there like, you know, like, like, what, like what's the deal? Like, where's the suffering behind it? You know, like we are not allotted. Like, we are not allotted to, to to write outside of those spaces, especially when it comes to, like, these big fucking presses. Because, like, it, that's why she, yeah, she got to, she got to exploit this massive thing. And, yeah, she's, uh, yeah, I, I think that's, exactly the other thing that's very saying. frustrating, too. It's like, she's fucking rich. <laughs> that's annoying, too. Oh, like, fuck, <laughs> I think, I think we love to destroy the, we, we love to save the dollar amount here because she got paid seven figures, right? Like, she got a million dollars <laughs> for this book. And you, it's you kinda, like, when you dropped the ball on playing her theme music when that rant was going, like I felt I didn't he, want to because it felt too serious. My computer. It felt yeah, too serious, just, and I don't think you understand the fear that I live in this household. 
Like I can I can play around, I can make little jokes, but there are some times where I gotta step back, bro. It's I true, gotta, I gotta I feel like this is the first divorce on almost good. Dude, I, I've, I've, kept, I've kept it going for 13 years, dude. 13 year anniversary yesterday. Hey, give us a round of applause. Wow. 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 Seriously, I, would, I just wanted to uh, reiterate what you were saying. Like, I was just thinking about something similar to that today about uh, uh, Get Out and Us and how, um, like, Get Out was, was championed because it, you know, it was pretty good. It was a pretty good movie, mm-hmm. but it was that. It was that perfect sort of movie that Hollywood wants. Like the, the the topics were just right down the line of the of the racism topics that Hollywood wanted. So they they're kind of like we. This is the sort of movie that you know a black filmmaker should be making, which I thought was kind of elevated a, a little much. And then when Us came out, I thought this movie's fucking amazing. But it's mm-hmm. not it's not that movie that Get Out was, where it doesn't it doesn't do anything that anybody can figure out immediately it doesn't have that party line of you know this movie is about racism and it's about you know what i mean like it's about weirder shit it's a Mm -hmm. it's a true movie and i think just like rios was saying that you're the minorities aren't allowed to make the true movie they're they have to be like well where's the where's like the noble wise person where's the racism discussion like you can find it in us if you dig but you, but also, it's overwhelmingly a genre movie and a magical realism movie, and it's totally strange and original, and that's why it wasn't nominated this year because they looked at it and they said we don't understand how we're supposed to feel. Whereas mm-hmm. with Get Out, I think just enough, uh, there's just enough of that push where I understand exactly how I'm supposed to feel about Get Out. It's still a good movie, but with mm-hmm. us, I thought, what am I watching? I'm out of control. I love it. You know what that's I mean? Really, no, I think that's a, I think that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. You want to take that one, Rios? Oh no, like I yeah, no, I do think that's a good point. It's like if if we can make money, I guess, off of like what the people who are giving the money want, then maybe the next piece of art that we make can actually be what we we wanted to do well, before. Since, or or like something that we had on the side that maybe gonna, we weren't sure. I'm gonna take it in a much darker direction. Who wants to go darker? Anybody here, since I'm I'm safe at home. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I would like to I would I would like to throw this topic out there. Okay. Um, what about Stephen King's tweet this week when he stepped oh, in? Oh, okay. That, right. uh, Can we come uh, back to my dark point? Okay, we'll come back to my dark <laughs> point. Well, I thought, right. Okay. I thought, well, are you saying you wanted to, your point to get a little browner? It wasn't, is that what you were saying? Oh, no, 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 no. Mine, I mean, darker is in like psychologically, like more depressing and, and, oh, and things like that. No, David. Um, I, well, I was telling you this today when we were at IHOP. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think that, I think that what sells is sex. And I think that we as a culture, uh, white people especially, but a lot of people actually have like a deep, uh, kind of sexual fixation on, on people of color's suffering. Like I think torture. I think on torture, on on misery, on struggle, yeah. and I think it gets to the point of like this kind of Freudian sort of id kind of level, um, and that when we are making movies or art or whatever, and we're digging deep into the id, you can have something like David Lynch, where he has a talking monkey that he's that he's interrogating, mm-hmm. uh, or you can have like this kind of cultural uh, thing bubbling up where. Uh, you know, in the case of like Get Out or in less interesting movies, uh, you know, like slavery or what have you, like we like to see these bodies in positions of pain and suffering. I brought up the example of in Sicario when they go down to movie. when they go down to Juarez and like the first thing you see are naked 
Mexican bodies like hanging from a highway overpass. That image stuck with me because I'm like, this is all part of like the kind of sexual titillating aesthetic of the poverty porn, right? There's something right. about the about the dead body, uh, about the suffering body that that sells. So that that was my dark point. I, guess. I hear you. You you guys have almost turned me around on Sicario. I I initially really liked it because I saw it through a obtuse you know mm-hmm. lens of this is uh, this is a great little horror movie. Mexico right. is really scary. Yeah. They built there's like bodies in the walls, you uh-huh. know, and it and it looks beautiful. And there's a strong female lead, and I thought this is hey this thing is threading the needle. Uh, and then you were you you met that praise with the, like a wall of rage, and I was like, oh wait, well, is there something? <laughs> there's is there something wrong with this movie? I didn't even think about it. Then it well, was on, I mean, it was on again. Go ahead. I was just gonna say then it was it was on again, and I was looking at it and I was like, cringe, cringe. Yeah, it's cringe, cringe man. And like, and the the blurb that's on the cover of American Dirt of American Dirt is from everybody's favorite border exploiter, Mr. Don Winslow. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, Baldy fucking nerd, uh, who the force is coming out. That's going to be the new uh, jugger. The uh, Matt Damon's playing the lead. It's going to be a new like departed type massive movie. Cool. uh, By by that. But anyway. uh, Yeah, they did. They did the cartel. Right. And I think the force is the sequel to the cartel. Right. Like or they're at least in the same universe, I want to say. and uh, yeah, and he's he's also known for having his uh, for for really doing his research, you know, and making just millions and millions of dollars. But I think I think to Winslow's credit, I think he does at least I think he donates a significant chunk of his money to good causes. So whatever you think of that, yeah. there, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention it. But it's the same kind of corny bullshit where it's like, you know, you just have this sort of white dude who's like, you know. Let's talk about the suffering of Mexicans. Let's right. Let's, let's well, make it. Let's make it real bad. And yeah, Don Winslow uh, blurred it, and then our favorite author Stephen King he mentioned American Dirt as well because because mm. um, he wasn't in enough trouble this week. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he mentioned it too, and I was just thinking like, well, I mean, he doesn't have any like. There's if he says something, I'm not gonna be like, oh, like I'm gonna get that book. Like that's not, but. But, you know, someone like that does have influence on like other white folks. So right. like, what the fuck? Like, and also it right. wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be an almost good podcast if I didn't say something that I had to worry about once I posted it. So I also <sighs> want to say that it's been pretty alarming uh, the amount of people who are normally very vocal about these kind of public controversies who have connections to flat iron books uh, who are were suspiciously silent this whole week who just didn't say anything at all. So I'm not going to name any names, yeah. but get your I checks you first all. and then say I see you shit. Yeah, get your checks and then go say something. You know, like yeah. books published, get your check and then. Yeah, I didn't realize a little American. I didn't realize American Dirt was Flatiron until uh, I put two and two together looking at uh, looking at the feed. So mm-hmm. do you think that do you think it's part of their are they ramping up an attempt to cash in on all these hot button topics with their. Oh, with their yeah. new books, I mean, and I, and I, so, just, I wish I could say some of the things that I know, but I ha- well, I'd have to leave that for for almost good after dark. Yeah, and then I I know that well, yeah, they've put so much money into it, and I believe it's already been optioned for a movie. Like they want to make that money back, the money that they that they gave her, right? They want to make that right, plus and that they more, put into promoting it. and that they put into promoting it. 
yeah, so they they want to make that shit back. So yeah, they're yeah, it's gonna keep. We're gonna keep hearing about it, and we're gonna do keep you think, seeing it. Since we're a movie podcast, do you think it's possible to adapt that shitty book by uh, uh, director of color to make a to like make something good out of it? Is that like there's so many shitty books that turn into great adaptations? Is there any hope for the movie version of it, or is it too? Is it too tainted? I don't know who has the option. Like, I don't know who bought the options for it. So it might depend on who. It's Denis Villeneuve. (laughs) (laughs) No, they'll give it to, uh, they'll give it to the uh, Wrinkle in Time director and she'll, she'll make it look like an activity. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever her name is. Um, What is her name again? Her name is the one black filmmaker. So they're going to give it to her and she's going to make it look like a nice, brightly lit, erectile dysfunction commercial oh uh american dirt in the works from blood diamond writer no not the blood diamond no it gets it gets worse and fucking worse dude blood Blood diamond Diamond. yeah diamond that has one of my favorite uh like a quote i'm doing the air quotes dark speeches where leonardo DiCaprio tells uh his his buddy that uh that he got was so poor once he was eating gorillas he was eating bush meat, <laughs> so he gives this. It's supposed to be like the Jaws, uh, Indianapolis uh, sinking moment where the slow zoom on the what what were you reduced to? Right. But it just. But when you watch it, you're just like, man, would I eat a gorilla? It sounds like it doesn't sound like that's that big America, a deal. It's all bling bling, but in so, South Africa, it's bling bling. <laughs> imperative Entertainment, the production banner behind the Clint Eastwood hit, The Mule. Oh, has acquired the rights to American dirt. The Perfect. Mexican migrant drama. Mexican. Yeah. The Mexican migrant. It's Mexican, yeah. y'all. Mexican migrant drama. Because Mexicans yeah. are the only ones. By, by Janine Cummins. By is Janine. there any, yeah, wait a minute, is there other, other migrants besides Mexicans? Like, who, are there Canadian migrants? Don't you have to come across the border to work to be a migrant? So they're, that's kind of redundant, isn't it, to say Mexican migrant? Maybe. I don't well, know. Well, I mean... You know, there's like Central America and stuff. Oh, one more thing. Janine Cummins, uh, oh. in order to kind of deflect some of the criticism that she was getting, she said, I, I married an undocumented <gasps> immigrant. This bitch really did, and, Keaton. And guess, guess, where <laughs> her from. guess where her husband is from? Uh, 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 Wakanda. <laughs> Ireland. He's Irish. <laughs> that bitch is Irish. <laughs> Okay, well here I'm not I'm not going to defend her, but in the commitments in the commitments they did say that the Irish were the blacks of Europe. Oh. So there there you go. Here there we you go. go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, but yeah, no, Mr. I forgot about that. There's so much. It's like there's so many things that she's done, and there's so like it's just piling up. There's another. Oh, what's the other thing? Oh, like there's this picture of her, and she has like this. Like uh, like flowers, kind of like like Frida Kahlo, basically. Like she has flowers on her hair, like that, and she's just looking into the camera, looking nice and white and rich. Or like Midsummer, maybe. Midsummer, yeah. But like, <laughs> it's just there's so many things that people are digging up on her. It's just she's just. And every tweet that she does in the comments, there's like all these white women who are like, "Yes, queen," like you know, using like drag queen black woman language. Yeah, to be like using their face. using their uh, digital hey. blackface, digital yeah. blackface gifs, a, a, a gif a gif of a black woman like Horrible. clapping or something. And they're yeah. Which by the way, if you do that, stop doing that. Why? Why do people think that that is something that is not gross to show the sassy black? 
tweet a gif response when you're white like it's it's so horrifying and mm-hmm. people that should know better just pile those on mm-hmm. like, i thought it was, i thought it was bad when they were doing the the uh, j-lo and meryl streep stand up and applause at the oscars that i was already sick of that one so at first, I thought it's a relief to see that black dude like cock his head and all the question marks pop up. But why? Why with these? Why? It's because they know exactly what you're. Yeah, you're all, yeah. Yeah. I do the what? I, w- I will say I'm guilty of the, the the chubby black child who's like doing the the eyeballs. Side like, eye. The yeah. Side, like, yeah. He, like, yeah. Like, it's it. tough. It's tough because they're great, but I wouldn't use them in a setting where somebody is like. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, as a bearded white guy, I would never hit that button, you know? It's right, just, yeah, I have a hard time searching. too. Just, just keep searching. Just keep searching. Just keep looking. You'll, yeah. find, you'll find one of like Jonah Hill doing the, hey, cut it out kind of motion. Exactly. You know? You'll just, find just that use one. Jonah Hill. There's that one white kid who's clapping and he makes that face like mm-hmm. he's super impressed. Do you know the one I'm talking about? He's yep. like, mm-hmm. Whoa. Mm-hmm. he does like an old. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The that, one who looks like a fish. Yeah, yeah that that's, a, that's, a, that's a that's a creepy one. No, I like that. Yeah. It looks like um, that. There's that video of the, an owl turning slowly with its mouth open, and you can see right through its head. That's what yeah. that one reminds me. I hate that one. <laughs> um, so, chill. Mr. Mr. King, Mr. Stephen King, who also, by the way, gave a shout out to our boy Rob Hart. Hey, congratulations, Rob, on the Stephen oh. King shot. Came oh, on wow. the heels of some controversy, though. Oh, um, poor Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Rob. Rob's like, Rob's like, shh. But even Keith hilarious, dude. Do you guys remember when he used to write music reviews for Entertainment Weekly? Uh-huh. And it was like the last page of Entertainment Weekly. When I was working at a bookstore, I would read them because they were so hilariously out of touch. Like all he listens to is like the new ACDC or the new Buck Cherry. It's all this mm-hmm. kind of dipshit stoner music. Yeah. But then, and then he had a best of. And I remember the letter column said, can we stop pretending that this man listens to any good music? Like, right. why is he say why is he offering opinions on music? Yeah. And that might be the case with uh, except for our friend Rob's book. It might be the case here, of what to, of what to read. Album, we have a great new album. 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 We have a This one really rocks. This one rocks. He was very dad rocky. But like we dad said, rock. I've said this before, like writers don't necessarily have good taste in books. They can be great it's writers, no, but their, the taste, their taste can be so shit. So that's true. But his, his problem wasn't necessarily what he was endorsing this week or last week. It was, he what was his his quote and then he kind of backpedaled on it well it was okay so here's the thing i do feel for the guy because he doesn't know how to thread tweets you think so that he that, would know how to write better that you know? that particular After having written that many well, books okay that's go a on. Good, no that's a good point um the it was a part of a tweet thread and he was talking about how he is an academy voter um and he specifically says in earlier tweets he's like look we need more people of color actually making movies we need more representation like within the film for sure and then one of his tweets though uh which he did not thread properly uh he just says but i never consider diversity uh, only quality when i'm selecting the winners which i think dave if we back up for just a second i've we, said something I like similar i, I feel I've like, I feel like we agree with, i feel here's, like we agree with that in principle i'm gonna get agree with I'm that gonna, in principle. i think I'll even go the further and say, because, because I'm not there in your house, I'm going to agree even further and just say, <laughs> and just say there's no, when if he's voting on him, I don't think he could make any other assessment except for what was in front of him. And he, I think that 
he's right that the only thing that you can cure is to is somewhere before it gets to that stage is find a way to get those things created. But at that point, like, what is the solution that's being offered to to not assess too many white movies, even if they're really good, even if like, let's say well, there's, I'm gonna let's say there's, what, uh, this, is there's one of, this is one of the great things about Rios being here is that I can, I can take pee breaks at controversial moments. So I'm going to take a pee wait, break wait, and I'll, I'll be right. I'll be right back. You know, you guys keep talking. You guys keep talking. You coward. What a I'm, coward. Um, I'll, I'll hey. be back. Rios, how you doing? I don't know. Uh, like, I think, I think the conversation that was started with that is like, well, what there's are the a, it's no like solution. what are the mo- what are the movies that get the movies that get nominated or you know like it's like the things that are already going to be at the forefront of it are most likely going to be white directors or you know like that's that's and what bad. is and, that's and, what's going to be and typically bad like the they they they're notorious for not nominating the best movies. Yeah, like 1917, who the fuck saw that? Nobody. Like, I don't even think it had come out here yet, but it was already, like, it's nominated. Got the fake, it's got the fake uh, long take in it that's so popular now where they pretend like it's an unedited moment, and I guess the whole movie is an unedited take like Birdman did. But now they do it with a computer, so it's it's just very video gamey. It's just mm. uh, and it and it stretches the movie to where like edit, edits are important. You need them to kind of get keep momentum. So when you're swooping a camera through some fake computer wall to show like the plight of the soldier, I think you're just making this extended stunt that's not that impressive. But people come out of that and they're like, "It's all one take. It's amazing." And I just I knew it was shit as soon as I heard that. Don't worry, guys. Whatever. I'm back. All right, I'm back. Oh, cool. good. Well, I, happened. Happened. No. I, I I just tried to talk about. Uh, long takes yeah i just talked about like well what gets nominated obviously it's gonna Mm, be you know movies by white directors like what's gonna be put in front of their faces and i guess at that point it's like okay so if you're one of the people who judges these things can you be someone that says something like if you actually have power you know like you're in a position of power Mm. can you say something like hey like okay like i noticed there's a pattern here with this like are are there other movies that yeah you know possibly deserve to be nominated that makes Um, sense I just don't think there's any way to at that point, you know, if that if his task is to assess the best movie, then to to elevate movies that are mediocre just because they are by. Yeah, no, would, would 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 ruin things like it would people would say, oh, that's the best you got. Yeah, but I, but I guess <laughs> at the point, I guess that the point is, is that like, you know, there aren't like the. The point is that there are lots of mediocre white movies that are being presented, oh, sure. and yeah. those are the ones that are being praised. Like, well, you know what I'm 100%, 100%. saying? One hundred percent. But and it doesn't matter. Like, and that's the other thing too. It's like so we can, you know, we can make them the winners. And like, what does that do to the movie industry? Fucking nothing, because they're gonna keep making those movies. Like, we're gonna keep seeing the fucking Marvel movies. We're gonna keep seeing, you know, like we're gonna keep seeing these movies. Like, I don't, I don't think Marvel gets nominated for shit like that. But well, in a, in a <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Well, in a perfect world, yeah, there, the, this wouldn't even be the nom. The nominees wouldn't be, and and, and he picked a terrible year to do it because, um, you know, Osborne and I, we dig deep to try to make sure that we have our bases covered on not uh, not overlooking any diverse, amazing movies. We try really hard, and uh, this year had us, and I think us was as good as what's up what's up in front of people. But uh, us is hurt not because it's. It's made by a black man. I think it's because it's a straight up horror movie. It's, it doesn't even pr- pretend to be 
anything but a horror movie. And they that's a tough sell for the masses. They don't want to see people getting stabbed in the neck with scissors. They want to see they some. Do. The masses do. It's the. Well, they the, won't see the a no Academy doesn't. Right. Okay. You're right. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, they. It's not a. I think it, it's it was a tough sell anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So this year he, he picked a bad year to say that because you look at the nominees and they're all mediocre. Like she said, you're absolutely right. They're mediocre. So, but then you look. I look at everything. Is it's kind of a, it's yeah. been kind of a wacky year. So, I don't know. Maybe is that how we is that how we're going to lead into our best of. I just did, want para- Parasite should win everything. Did you see Parasite, Keaton? <laughs> Have you seen it? Um, I wasn't allowed to watch Parasite last night because it's at the purchase price and not the rental price. And I was told that I should wait three days to not pay. <laughs> so I was like, a hope, I was trying to lay low. <laughs> so like, we'll do a, we'll do Parasite, a Parasite episode next. Yeah, you should watch I mean, Parasite. But I definitely included it in my list in a different way like i tried to be clever about it or at least to but yeah let's let's do it man do you want to do best in the decade or do you want to do oscar picks or how do you want to do this let's ramp up like we'll we'll start back at uh the beginning of the decade and i think we can do it fast like if i throw things at you and you tell me you know if you like them and both you guys can like chime in i like the speed speed round cool let's do it keaton's got it he's got got a list oh damn tragically (laughs) <laughs> you're you have this is filtered through my own taste but i think i'm giving God the damn. best ones a, the best movies got a day in court here like i i scoured everything to find to find the best and i actually overdid it i went back to uh i got confused and i went back to like 1999 and then somebody, <laughs> somebody's like that's not the decade asshole so i don't i don't know if you i kind of want to talk about the best movies of 1999 because it was such a pivotal year. Can can we like indulge a little bit on that? On like all the work I did I for. Was, oh, give me one second. Can, one second. I was like 12 years old, so on, I don't remember. Give me one second. Ready? I think I remember Toy Story. Hold on, ready? Yes. Why did? How is that? Oh, hey. oh, oh, shit! God damn it, David. <laughs> Sorry, wow, that was, David. Yeah, they're ready to pull. Um, yeah. So. I'll say here's here's the list of 1999 is considered like the year it's the year that a lot of change happened like the Matrix it's where, Fight Club. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. So what do you guys think? Is it? And I wanted to talk a little bit about your Matrix rewatch. Rios, Rios just be, saw the Matrix. I yeah. didn't. Okay, I was really tired, so I just watched the very beginning, and then I saw where him and Morpheus uh, were fighting, and that was cool. But then I fell asleep. Oh my God, that's the worst view of the Matrix I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it had okay. Wow. The only thing that I noticed is that it had. I know. I'm sorry. It had a lot of body horror, and it made me grossed out a lot. And um, yeah, sorry. That's all I've got. Okay. <laughs> so, 1999. Here's listen to these fucking grand slams. So we've got Fight Club, The Matrix, Boom. and then things get a little smaller, but no less good. Office Space. Being John Malkovich, Boys Don't Cry, yeah. uh, and movies that did something different, like uh, Blair Witch Project, changed, that arguably created an entire genre, changed the way shit's going down with movies. For, for, since 1999, we are inundated with the found footage movie. Some are great still, but you know it's kind of dried up. But uh, American Beauty, I actually don't like at all, because it's, like, it's like the boomer fight club. Oh. But um, it's... 
it, it also kind of opened the door to that kind of movie. Uh, Magnolia came out that year, which opened the door to like indulgent, uh, you know, little wonderkins <laughs> to, to, to doing big movies. Um, and that year was, it had kind of a hat trick from women directors. They were like, it was a really good start as far as, uh, uh, the, is that the millennium? Is it the decade? I don't fucking know. But millennium, anyway, yeah, yeah. the millennium. So we had three three movies that I just. Wait, hold on. Up. Why are we going back to 1999 when. Keaton wanted to. I told I him were, that we were 12 years old, David. Okay. You were 12 years old. So when you were 12 years old, Titus came out, Julia Taymor, <laughs> uh, Virgin Suicide, Sofia Coppola, yeah, uh, Rap, Ravenous, Antonio Bird. Have you seen these movies? Yes, no. I've seen them. Yes. Because you're tiny little babies that are only 12 years David old. Has. So David has always been, ever since we were teens and I've known him, he's always been a film nerd. So <clears throat> he actually showed me my very first Korean movie back in the day. It was uh, Tale of Two Sisters. So that was my first Korean movie I ever saw. So he probably has seen a lot of these. Look at him yeah. romancing. Well, here's, I, I made a list of, I tried to guess what you would have gross. seen. At, at your at your young age, I thought this is probably what Osborne was into. And let me and tell me if I'm right. Did you love any given Sunday? Three Kings, uh, yes, Payback, yes, yes, the Limey. Those yeah, were oh yes, the Limey was so good, man. Yeah, those were all yeah. from 1999. But I think actually my favorite of what you just said was actually Three Kings. I think Three, Three Kings, Kings really hit me. Great. Like when so you go, well, like when he he does, they do the zoom into like what happens when you get shot. He's yeah, like if the bullet hits you right here. You start to seep out fucking stomach acid or whatever, and right. it goes into the stomach, and you see the stomach, the acid Ew. coming out. Dude. And it wasn't just, and it Sick. wasn't gratuitous because it it was a plot point that had to be addressed later, like that situation. So it was amazing. So th- um, and also, I want to just say, Three Kings was like way ahead of its time. I think that it it kind of touched on the kind of capitalist imperialist uh, element of the Iraq War way before uh-huh. even the Iraq War happened. You yeah, know what I was, mean? Like, it felt, it did feel like edgy when I saw it, that it was dangerous and it was like addressing something that people were just saying, support the troops, support the troops. And that movie felt kind of raw and cool. Yeah. That guy turned shit though. David O. Russell, he did, he did so many good well, movies. Well, no, Huckabees was great, man. I, I, I know that's great. part of his, yeah, that's his good phase. But now he does like American Hustle and yeah. that the, the Fighter and Joy, all these medium uh, movies, all these kind of Oscar bait movies. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, so yeah, all those movies, 1999. What a year! I would say, I think for, uh, maybe the maybe the best year until 2007. It, that's yeah, maybe. There's a book if anybody's interested in. There's a great book about all these movies and how they all did them. They all had a moment that changed things. Uh, it's called Best Movie Ever: How 1999 Blew Up the Big Screen. I'd recommend it. It actually talks about uh, the Phantom Menace, too, as this terrible thing that happened, but also changed a lot of things. And I hadn't considered it because it's such a punchline. But mm-hmm. there are people that saw Phantom Menace when they were young that have kind of weird, fond memories of it. I got taken out of school. My mom took me out of school to go see Phantom Menace. Yeah. In sixth grade. Yeah. It was it was, uh, it was a moment, too. But anyway, so 1999, I'm calling. I'm saying Fight Club just because of. Yep. Yeah. No, no, no disagreement yeah. here. Yeah. So I many, ter- that one. Mm-hmm. so many terrible writers are, are were created in that moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm probably one of them. Um, yeah. well, it, no, and it's, and it's, I think that since fight club, and actually now that I think about it, now that you mentioned three Kings, I can't get three Kings out of my head, but fight club was, I think the last really kind of anarchic movie that kind of, 
challenge the status quo in a real way. Mm-hmm. Um, I just haven't seen anything like it since. Anything that was because Fight Club didn't just challenge it. And I know that there's this whole thing where like, you know, Project Mayhem and all that, they're supposed to like this is supposed to be bad. You're supposed to not root for them. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I right, think that's right. I, I don't think that's the correct reading of it. I think that it's a completely black pilled movie. Uh, where you are supposed to think Tyler Durden is sexy and cool and that blowing up buildings is sexy and cool. And it really, I don't think it really asks the moral question of it. I think it's, I think it's just like in your face, like, guys, this is what we got to do. We got to be hunting deer in the ruins of, <laughs> of Los Angeles Did with I moss you- growing up around the buildings. And like ever since then, like there's been, everything's been kind of couched in this sort of like, Oh, but what about the like the moral que- Fight Club didn't have moral questions. I don't. Yeah, think. it was. Isn't it notoriously a, a book of a, a series of fun things that uh, uh, the author wanted to do or did with his friends, and he and he compiled them while he was working his job at a garage, and then it, it's sort yeah. of a great greatest hits of cool things he wishes he did or did happen, which makes well, sense. Like yeah, like he, he was ruining, trying to like politics vandalism and. Yeah, Polinick was trying to shop uh, Invisible Monsters, which mm-hmm. ended up coming out third. Um, and publishers told him it was too dark. And so his challenge to himself was to write something even darker so that he could, you know, just kind of like stick it in their face. And then he wrote Fight Club and they were like, oh, perfect. Yeah, it's <laughs> exactly what we're looking for. You know? Yeah. Did I, here's an embarrassing, this is an embarrassing admission. I was so excited about Fight Club. I was such a little lemming that uh, I read um, Roger Ebert's review of it and it was very critical. And I uh, yeah, gave it like two stars, I think. Really? Yeah, he, yeah. he was, he gave it this he bad. He was a little re- bit of a Puritan. Like Roger Ebert could be a Puritan. He, he was, thought it he was, was skittish. Ab- he was skittish about movie violence. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He thought it was irresponsible as I recall. And uh, I, I remember I was working at the bookstore at the time and I, read his review when it happened and i thought this is this cannot stand so i wrote a letter to him um yeah. it might have been a real letter i don't remember that was 1999 it may have been a real letter but um so i sent it off to him i fired it off and it was kind of obnoxious but it was me defending the movie and then i kind of forgot about it then years later i was looking through one of the ebert roger ebert film guides mm-hmm. and he has a review for a movie that's about uh, skinheads um it's got some sort of neo-nazi thing going on it's called pariah and i was reading i just happened to be reading the review for pariah and it says and it's talking about how this movie has the courage to have the moral quandary and where fight club was just this you know boys having fun kind of thing mm-hmm. and he said and he said something like not that you know that's the fans would tell me otherwise and he said in fact i got a letter which i and he says which i assume to be genuine that's how bad this letter must have been we thought <laughs> is this a joke it says what i assume to be genuine where someone said we this generation doesn't have its own war uh so we need movies like this and it was like making fun of of me but yeah. the thing is it was so out of context because i remember saying something <laughs> like that i remember i remember saying something like you know everybody's kissing the ass of all these desert storm guys who are over there loading boxes and they don't do shit and everybody's like support the troops meanwhile you know what do we have to do we have to we should be beating the shit out of each other to like 
you know, I don't know what I was, my point was, but to, to, to distill that into, we need wars to test ourselves or something was it inflated what I was saying, but also made it twice as stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to read, uh, that's the only time I've ever been quoted by Roger Ebert. It's in the review for Pariah. He makes the only fun time of you will be. All right. Yep. Oh. It's sad. Sad. Yeah. But that's how all in I was on fight club and how much I probably missed the point, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't think you did miss the point. I'm actually, I'm a revisionist revisionist of Fight Club. So when it came out, uh, I think that there was this kind of line of thinking along the lines of what you were saying, along the lines of how I took it as a 12, 13-year-old. Were you also discovering? I was like, I would would love to do this. Like, I want to do this. Um, I need to do this. I I need to do this. And then there was this whole revisionist where it's like, oh, everybody misunderstood this movie. And then I went back. I think I watched it maybe, oh, it's got to be like two years ago now. And I was like, I was like, no, that's that's what the movie's doing. That's what it's saying. I was actually right when I was 12. Like that's (laughs) that's kind of what it's and whether whether that's embarrassing or whether that's, um, you know, maybe not appropriate. I, I. I will say that I think that that's what Fight Club was about. It was it was saying like no, actually like do this, like the Fight Club. Well, did did you that's do sprung it? up all did, across did, America? Did you? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Go to Fight Club because oh, I was yeah, in a fi- I was in a Fight Club 100%. except it was my Fight Club was called Rough House Club, uh-huh. and we uh, the first rule of Rough House Club was you wrap your hands in uh, dish towels so that you don't hurt each other too much. But right. other than that, it was kind of a fight club. Other than yeah, we that. had, we had, we had a no punching rule. We had a no, so it was more like, re- <laughs> like, like, like wrestle club. They just licked each other. <laughs> Why are you going to make it gay reels? Gonna... What's wrong with that? Oh, that's true. Okay, so. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was not, it was, there was no punching. Um, but we, we were like, oh, let's fucking take our shirts off and wrestle. So, yeah, yeah. yeah the, she, the she's Rios is giving rule. me the eyebrows right now. Yeah, she's like, yeah it's a little gay. It's a little gay. It's fine. The, Whatever. The first rule of Osborne's Fight Club is don't rub your dicks together when you're wrestling. Okay, two thousand. Ready? Ready for? Ready for the Wait, best are we movie? going? Are we going through all the all of two thousands? I will do what, whatever I'm. <laughs> Let's go, dude. Let's go. I'm do. tucked in. Well, well, two thousand. Okay, ready? I've I've whittled it down to this for for two thousand. Uh, Snatch, Pitch Black, Quills, Memento, Gangster Number One, Ginger Snaps, High Fidelity, Adaptation, Amores Peros, Sexy Beast, The Way of the Gun. That's the best 2000 had to offer. What are you thinking? Okay. Um, I had I had The Way of the Gun on DVD. I remember that one. Um, it's a good one. It's got a great opening. Uh. So from where I was Snatch. back then, it would it, 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 it would have to be Snatch. Yeah, absolutely. Snatch. Yeah. But I had, I had Snatch. I saw Pitch Black in theaters. Um, something that I want to... I know that the Riddick movies that came after it were not as good. Um, but I think, I think fun. Pitch Black, though. So Pitch Black has something... Like, we're talking about movies that have things that are missing from current films. And Pitch Black was a profoundly nihilistic, dark movie, right? So they kill a kid um, like 20 minutes into the movie. Like the kid is one of the first victims. He gets eaten by those little bat things. The little um, Muslim. Yeah, the, yeah, the Muslim. And then Keith David's character, he's, he's he like... Two. He kills both of them. He, has, mm-hmm. he brings two kids just so they can be cannon fodder. Right. And then at the end, the 
ostensibly the protagonist, that woman, she gets dragged off by a monster and just yeah. gets in like. But what's even it, to speak to your point about how dark? Yeah, but how dark it is. You're absolutely right. Do you remember the moment when? They Riddick and her get to the ship. Everybody else got kind of sidelined and stuck. And she's like, we got to go back. We got the, the light. We can go back and get him. And he just kind of smiles and holds out his hand. And he's like, nah, come mm-hmm. on. And he right. kind of back beckons her on the ship. And he and, he, mm-hmm. and the way he does it was like, the, everybody forgets because of the Fast and Furious movies or such shit. But Vin Diesel had so much charisma back that he was such yeah. a badass in that in that movie. Yeah. He, well, he was a super badass. He he escapes from the ship by dislocating his shoulder. Do you remember that? He like yeah. kind of like flips his shoulder around, Ow. and then and but you're absolutely right. Like the movie itself is just like you know when you're watching these kind of survival movies, people are always making these moralistic decisions that you can tell come from a writer's room. And in Pitch Black, they were like, no, Riddick is a fucking criminal he had he can see in the dark because he's lived on a prison planet for a decade and he's not yeah. there to save everybody he's there to survive yeah they and, even make, they establish his badassery even before his uh dislocating his shoulder if you remember they're all in like a hyper sleep kind of deal at the beginning and he's narrating and he's like they say the animal part of your brain doesn't sleep during whatever whatever so it's yeah. basically he's He's literally too much of a badass to to be affected to be in cryo by, sleep to be sleeping. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, so I just sit here and you know, I just grumble, <laughs> grumble, grumble, grumble. But yeah, it was fucking badass. That guy does a lot of good movies. They're all kind of minor hits, but uh-huh. uh, below the submarine movie, he did that, and he did. Oh, uh, below was good. Yeah. yeah. And he did uh, uh, a perfect getaway, which is a very twisty I did little throw. That one. Thor was in that one. Um, and he does all the Riddick movies. They're not even kind of cheap sequels. They're, it's you know, they get a little worse as they go, but it's still 100% this guy's vision. That's his name, Twohi. I can't remember how to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, Twohi, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he, his shit's good. If you look at his whole filmography, there's at least, even the lesser movies, there's something interesting with them. And uh, yeah, Pitch Black was great. Um, maybe not the correct answer, which is Memento, which I, was a, what just it's blew my like fucking mind. Note. Yeah, yeah, it blew my okay. fucking mind. It blew my mind. Although I would say Amores Peros was my favorite movie for probably ten years because I'd never seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if I was dealing with that kind of poverty porn with that movie mm-hmm. because it spends a lot of time in the squalor. But as a so he he moves on to some movies like Babel. And yes, uh, yeah. but but it but in Amores Peros Rios, you, I don't know if you remember, but it's divided into three parts. The third part is about like this homeless guy who has a bunch of dogs. He's a hitman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Have I seen that? I, don't I feel know. like I showed that to you. I don't think it's, so. That's fine. Yeah, My yeah, movie the, mem- I have a horrible movie movie memory. That's the other thing that you have to know. So as you're going back through them, you're on the right podcast. I'm hearing, <laughs> I'm hearing these titles. I'm like, okay, maybe I saw that, but I just have no. I can't retell you what happened in most of these. I'm sorry. Well, the terrible American translation of the title was "Love is a Bitch," which is uh, so dumb because it's because it translates as literal uh, dog love, right? Because mm-hmm. I thought I would ask people that I was working in a video store when it came out, and so here's this is going to be obnoxious, but I would ask anytime somebody came in who was Mexican, I would say, "What God is this?" Damn it, Keaton. I know. I would say, "How does this translate?" And they would, and there was a different answer every time. But mo- but finally, one guy set me straight, and he's like, "You're thinking of it all wrong. 
You're, first of all, Love is a Bitch is stupid. That is not the title. That's a funny American version of the title. And he said, Love is a Dog is not the title. Because that's what I said. Well, is it literally Love is a Dog? And, and he's like, you're thinking of it all wrong. Basically, it's just saying the concept of dog love. And, mm-hmm. I, and so once he said that, it kind of clicked mm-hmm. that, it was, that the movie was slightly different than I, how I had been thinking of it. Which is, um, it's a very Hitchcock-y kind of deal. The three parts, um, you're right, the last one's about a hitman with a bunch of dogs. But if you remember, the first one, this is why it turned people off. It had dog fighting depicted in it. Uh, depicted in it mm-hmm. but, they, but they did it with, the, it was very clever. There's a documentary they were very smart to include with the DVD that shows you that they were, their, jaw, their mouths were wired and it was all f- with fakery and these puppets. Um, but it looks pretty brutal. And uh, so the first skit is about dog fighting and the revenge that this guy gets on somebody who killed his dog, who won the fight. And then the second one is where I think it really takes off. This plot is fucking critic proof. A woman has a tiny little dog and it falls into a hole in her floor that's under construction. Oh, my God. And it's they don't know where it's at under the house. And so the whole that whole episode is her hearing it. And not oh, knowing how to get to it, so that she starts tearing the floor apart, looking for this little dog, or, or does he start doing it? I forget. Either way, it's some. It's very. It's actually more Poe than Hitchcock. Like to hear this dog down there, oh. and he can't get to it. Um, so that was that was some grim stuff. So for people with dogs, they don't like that movie at all. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to see. And I didn't have a dog at the time. Just like I. Now I can't watch anything where a child is in danger. At the time, I didn't have a dog. I still don't have a dog, so I can enjoy it. But I don't think you guys want to watch no. Memorial's Paros anytime soon. But anyway, I would say that or Memento were mind blowers to to 2000 Dave. But uh, I think your- Memento actually has a lot of resonance for today. <clears throat> There's um, a lot of evidence that people, when they're given uh facts that contradict the things that they believe they'll just they'll actually believe the thing that they believed originally even harder you're and right yeah, yeah. memento is just like a sign of like he finds it all out at the at the end slash beginning of the movie and he's like uh, so there's no more john g like i'll make you my john g right he's Fine. he's He's like, why not? What I think is interesting about Memento and Fight Club being in such proximity is Fight Club was the introduction to everybody of to David Fincher, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Memento is the introduction of Christopher Nolan, and I think it's it's pretty it's pretty addictive about how one of them is kind of effortless and amazing, whereas Christopher Nolan is working his ass off. So the and it and you can f- kind of feel him struggling to be like Fincher, maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Fincher's movies just seem to spring fully formed from, and they're very cool and Kubricky and icy and perfect. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you watch stuff like The Dark Knight or Inception or what's another Nolan opus, they're big and they're Dunkirk. And it, and Dunkirk, I feel like he's sweating through them all. You know what I mean? Right. Does it make any sense? And Memento, I felt like he was sweating through it. He had made this complicated backwards plot, and there's a lot of effort on display. And I think that's the first and best time his incredible effort paid off, mm-hmm. where where I think his effort in stuff like Inception is just busy, but not necessarily that compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the ideas of his movies, but then 
I'll just I'll watch them and I'll think, man, there's I wish it was better. I wish like Inception was all those things. I have high hopes for that next one, dude. I saw that trailer for the new one. I might do that new one. I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's like this weird time thing, and there's a there's some cool stunts. Like, please let this be good. Please let it be good. I'm right there with you every time, and then every time I think, man, if it was just a little a little bit better but um but anyway all right 2001 or do you want to also i i made a record of the worst movies of that year um battlefield earth came out in 2000 i don't know if anything is going to touch that um mm-hmm. also coyote ugly which is some fucking hell yeah <laughs> i saw coyote ugly <laughs> that's the one i remember <laughs> The movie, it had like a rewrite by Kevin Smith so that a comic book was introduced as a plot point for no reason. That's the weirdest movie. And she's playing the organ. Remember, she's playing the keyboard up on the roof, writing her song, the, the terrible like country pop kind of song that, yeah. oof, that's rough. That movie's rough. <laughs> but luck, hey, it is filmed like a Michael Bay movie. It's kind of cool to look at. It's weirdly... Weirdly stylish. So there you go. All right. Uh, 2001. Man, this is going to be tough. I, I do. I would not want to be uh, Mr. Osborne in this moment because it's Baby Boy came out that year and Don, and Donnie Darko came out that year. Oh. And Training Day came out that year. Oh, shit. God what damn. are you going to do? What are you gonna movies do? used to be so good, dude. I know. It's, that's what, why I wanted to go back. There. I wanted to go back because I th- I'm with him though. I think movies were a little bit better. This period then. in particular were were a lot better. So I would have to go with that one with Training Day. And the reason why I would go with Training Day over Donnie Darko, uh, Donnie Darko, you'd be surprised, didn't have the effect on me that you might think that it would. I thought it was completely fine. Um, but I think I watched it once. I was like, okay, that's what I watched. It, it might so be a training, so training day, training day. What's happening there um, as a dude who writes crime fiction, training day was kind of a seminal film for me. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so that was a movie that kind of showed me that these, that crime movies could be like, they could feel real. And there's and no, kind mor- of like, and there's no moral to it or anything. There's no moral. Yeah. It's just kind of like a thing that happens to this guy. Um, going back and watching it, I think the last time I watched it was a f- maybe three or four years ago. Uh, it it doesn't hold up quite as well because of the Deus Ex Machina in the right, film. Right. Uh, that that oh, the wallet in the bathtub thing. The so. wallet in the bathtub doesn't quite work. Such a um, good scene though. It's such a good. But scene. But how how scary is it when he's when he leaves him there in that house? And the dude is like, have you ever had your shit pushed in? Oh, dude. I, I can remember every line of that entire sequence. Have until... you seen Training Day, Rios? It has cholos in it, right? It has cholos, yeah. I remember the cholos. He gets left with the cholos, and the cholos are like. And I was like, those are like my, my tios. <laughs> when they were younger. When they were younger, not anymore. So Rios is like, why is this scary? I don't get it. And then like, the white guy there is just like. The teeth, his teeth are chattering. (laughs) No, it's terrifying. That whole sequence is so terrifying. And he ends up in the, they throw him in the tub. That fucking sequence is is a masterpiece. But you're right. It it is kind of, he just happened to save somebody earlier who knew the guy. And so he doesn't blow his head off. Um, But all of it leading up to, it's one of those movies where it's got a just utterly perfect first hour. Right. Where you, you're not sure what's going on, but Denzel Washington got to be scary, and he they never let him be scary. They, he had to be noble, you know, just like we were saying earlier. 
that point you made about, you know, you have to do it a certain way or else people don't accept it. And he did it a certain way. As good as he is, he kind of did it a certain way for a long time. And then finally with Training Day, or arguably with Spike Lee's movies, mm-hmm. they let him they let him do what he wanted. And he's I don't know you like to get wet, Jake. I don't know you like to get wet. <laughs> he's a darker guy than people give him credit for, just because yeah. he had so many so many Oscar Bay movies. Also that year, he has dude, that thing uh, at the end the the whole like the whole King Kong uh, doesn't have anything on me. Right. Uh, that's like the weakest part of the movie, right? Like where he's kind of like freaking out. He's 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 much better when he's just kind of effortlessly cool. Also, two of those movies that you mentioned had Snoop Dogg in them. Training Day and Baby Boy both have he, Snoop Dogg. He is so scary in Baby Boy, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's, he is. He, he, I've never seen a skinnier man on film than Snoop Dogg in Baby Boy, but somehow terrifying. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. And he's got his hair down, which you rarely see. Mm-hmm. So he's got all these flowing locks and these little beautiful pe- and, and in, in training day he's, that, he's in that little wheelchair but yeah, he's, he's he's not scary he's good. yeah he's but, good but i don't understand why snoop dogg didn't i think i think after that that's probably when snoop dogg did like leprechaun in the hood and stuff like that and soul plane and kind of decided to go a different artistic direction i have a i have a vaguely racist theory that all rappers are good actors and i'm not going to get into it right now <laughs> but i think that there's a performative aspect to them where they dude you don't gucci to, man was really good in spring you breakers dude you don't have to train them i think that they just walk into onto a set and they're good at it i you know well because I, acting acting is mostly just charisma and communicating and true. like they're just they're used to doing yeah. that so I I, i've never seen spotlight, you have to act specific ways and Mm-hmm. So yeah, it would yeah. make sense that if you get in front of the camera, that you're mm-hmm. like, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I think see that it wasn't racist after all. I just knew. Well, that- I, was, I was just <laughs> saying, like for you know, like entertainers overall. No, so I appreciate like- <laughs> I appreciate you giving me the you know giving me the out there. Not, I appreciate the total not, vindication not. that I'm not racist. Like Thank no, no, you. no, wait. You're is like no, wait. You're still racist. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> but yeah, you don't see that with like a country western stars don't walk onto. They don't get to be. Unless you're, Movie doing, you're right. Oh, that absolutely right. Never mind. That's the exception to prove the rule. He's he's amazing. All, other movies in 2000. Um, did you guys see Ginger Snaps, the weird uh, lesbian werewolf movie? It's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was 2000. Was a great year adaptation. Um, I baby, I to see oh wait, no, I'm I'm I actually I'm looking at the wrong list. I'm sorry. Baby Boy, Monsters Ball was fucking great. Wait, Monster Ball 2001. Yeah, we're on 2001 with Donnie Darko, Baby Boy, uh, Training Day. I, I got I got confused for a second, but to, this I didn't even realize this is also makes the point about rappers being amazing. Who's the worst rapper you can think of? Fucking P uh, Diddy, right? He's terrible. Okay. Fucking right. he's what was his hit? He did that. He just literally played that Led Zeppelin song and said, <laughs> "Come." come. Things you want from me is like the more money. That was more Biggie though. But yeah. uh, oh, right, right, right. The, uh, the are you talking about the oh, song that P Diddy did for Godzilla? Godzilla? Yeah, come to me or whatever the fuck it was. He's Fucking it. garbage. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a terrible rapper. I guess a slightly better producer. But anyway, walks onto the set of Monsters Ball. Amazing actor. Like that yeah. is pr- that's, that's proof true. right that there. Even a, even a terrible the rapper. Is he good. was the guy in jail. He was the baby daddy in jail, right? Like, am I am I dangerously close to saying that black people are just good actors? That's that's probably racist. Keaton. <laughs> okay, I'm sticking with the rappers are good actors. Okay. Uh, black Hawk Black Hawk Down was in uh, was a in one? 2001. Enemy at the Gates, which I 
personally love. No, it's, it's a like, great movie. I think it's a good answer to the. That was know, uh, Jude, Jude Law and Ed Harris. It was yeah. a sniper movie in Stalingrad. Like, it was the War of the Rats, right? Mm-hmm. I like um, reducing reducing war to just two people. Was was was. Brilliant. I need you to. I need you to go to the bad movies because I feel like that's all that I watched was the bad movies of the 2000s. Bad movies. <laughs> 2000, Little Nikki. 2000. Uh, yes. Yeah, there you go. Um, I I cannot. I have this kind of myopic hatred for A Beautiful Mind that came out in 2001, and I can't see anything worse. Anything worse than A Beautiful Mind. <laughs> a Beautiful Mind is. Here's the thing. This is going to give me some. I'm going to get some grief about this, but. Clint Eastwood is getting a lot of shit about uh, his uh, his Olympic bomber movie because the Jewel character, uh, well, what was it? Something about he has the the woman reporter. It, it gets all uh, sexy with some dude to get information or something. I haven't seen it yet, um, bro. But do you know that, what? Do you know what came out in two thousand and one? What? Uh, Rios, did you see Glitter? with mariah carey you know what i've never actually seen glitter okay and then here's one that me and my buddies would watch a lot was out cold the uh the (laughs) snowboarder uh comedy with like steve zahn and a few other people (laughs) and we were it's where it's where where a polar bear like licks this guy's nuts little babies little babies well let me finish the beautiful mind thing because i gotta get oh sorry go ahead just just real quick i just was just gonna say that so clint eastwood was getting grief because he to make it more movie-like, he he makes the reporter, you know, trade sexual favors for information in his Olympic bomber movie. So people rightfully said, hey, that didn't happen in real life. But, you know, I feel like that was much, there was much more scrutiny on that than something like A Beautiful Mind, which is this beloved piece of shit about, um, it's about the... Uh, about a real well, asshole, remember? actually. Like in uh, real life, he's like racist and awful, right? He's like, he's, ra- he's racist, and he has a long term uh, gay relationship. They left all of this out just mm-hmm. to to do kind of a poor man's Fight Club, where he has these three friends who don't exist, and then that's the right. big reveal. So it was Paul, a fight. Paul cl- Bettany's his big his the big yeah. One, right. So like, it's a big yeah. it's a Fight Club knockoff, and it's been sanitized in a way that's wildly offensive. Like they didn't mm-hmm. just they didn't add. Uh, terrible things that he did. They took out things that they thought, well, people don't want to see him being gay. People don't want to, but we got to make him be, they they equated his racism with his gayness and said, these things have to go. So we have to, make, he just has to be this kind of nattering weirdo, uh, fucking uh, genius, um, Tyler Durden type. I don't know. And so they invent. Although it would be shit. great in like, in beautiful mind, if they go into his office and there's like all these equations on the board and they're like, what are you what are you up to? He's like, well, if you, you see if the shape of a black man's skull is different from the shape. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, so they do that to that movie and everybody loves it. Nobody gets mad about that shit. And they get mad because Clint Eastwood threw a sex scene in like who gives a fuck. And also think about Chernobyl. Everybody loves Chernobyl. They invent Ooh. like this they invent a hidden figures knockoff character to shoulder like every emotional beat of, of a historic world shaking event. But people right. are like, and people are like, nah. We need a we need a woman in there to be so that we can go. Mm, you tell them, you tell them, sister. Mm-hmm. She doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But they have to they shoehorn this in, and people are saying, well, you can't have you can't have a gratuitous sex scene in your Clint Eastwood movie about the the Olympic bomber. I mean, I just don't see how that is anything near the crimes of 
Chernobyl, which I enjoyed, or A Beautiful Mind, which I detest. Fucking hate that movie. <laughs> also, I've never seen it. It's fucking bad. Also, another movie, you guys might like this. Everybody loves it. I fucking hate it. Blow. Blow came out in 2001. It's like the beginning of Johnny Depp's uh... un- un- unessential Scorsese light trilogy, like Black Mass and mm. uh, fucking Donnie Brasco. I despise Donnie Brasco. They're all these half-ass gangster movies and blow man i fucking hate that movie but anyway people love it <laughs> people love it that's fine that's fine you can you don't have to hate it but i i hate it anyway i don't remember parents. that one here. Come I, 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 get, I do I, I i i do i do vaguely i feel like i kind of like have no opinion about blow i just okay. don't remember it very i was well. just i probably over corrected for what i thought was going to be a bunch of blow support <laughs> oh okay <laughs> yeah, uh-uh, i don't so, know Okay, two thousand two. <laughs> da, 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 da. Punch yeah. drunk love. Punch drunk. Oh, hey. that has my dad. Okay, yeah, Adam right. Sandler's her dad. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. that makes sense. But we'll come back to that. We'll circle back to that one. <laughs> Blade Blade Two came Woo! out. Blade. Blade so two. so good. Infernal Affairs, which is you know what is that? The the, uh, the Departed, the early Departed. Secretary, Autofocus, Narc, Super Troopers. God, uh, fucking, um, I don't know. Gangs of New York. Okay, it's not bad. We can start seeing the downward slide from the <laughs> 1999 <laughs> to the 2001. Yeah, we're like, uh. When I, I, like, said, I said Super Troopers and the fucking tumbleweed <laughs> rolled across the room. It's fine, dude. It's fine. It just it never hit me quite the way that it, I think it hit other people. I think when, when Super Troopers came out, me and my buddies were watching like CKY skate videos and Jackass and <laughs> yeah, shit like that. So true. like that's what was funny to us at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Super right. Troopers was a bit too much of like a movie. It was. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it, it, you. I, I agree completely with that. The parts that I like the most are the ones that are the most jackassy. Like when they're drinking, like when they're drinking syrup and like making themselves puke for real. But yeah, I, you're absolutely right. Because if you look at the big movies in 2002. Road to Perdition, Panic Room, Spider Man, things mm. things aren't that amazing anymore. No, no, they're getting bad. Like, they're getting really they're bad. Down. They're not that amazing. And that's the year. I'm not even going to go into it because I've went into it before. But that's the year that I did not win Project Greenlight, mm. and I got I got bitter about screenwriting in general. So I think I I'm not saying that that's when it all started to go wrong. But, but it's also when it all started to go wrong. Yeah. Right. Someone could have saved him. If only. <laughs> what's the Spider-Man theme music with uh, a hero will save, save us? We're not going to stand in the way or something like that. Yeah, it was Nickelback, ben, dude. Yeah. Oh man, it was and it was Nickelback. Yeah, that's when shit started to really get bad. Yeah, like shit started really get bad, and I feel like it was a downward slope from there till. Again, I will hold Punch up 2007 up. as a as a as a kind of. Punch Drunk Love, I, I think, is the best of 2002. I think it, easily, yeah, mm-hmm. easily. And yeah. and it was and it was kind of a a curveball. Like it could have been bad. It could have been part of that kind of mediocre 2002. Uh, what I have for the worst for 2002 was the Rollerball remake. But there oh, was so bad. everything was so mediocre. Chris that was Khan tough. was in that. Yeah, it was bad news. Uh, 2003, I think, is a step is a step way up, dude. Kill Bill One, Old Boy, Bad Boys. Go. Bad Boys 2, 28 Days Later, mm. and the uh, the rundown I really like, but I, I understand if you don't, aka like Hell Dorado was the original title. You'd love it if it was called Hell Dorado. Um, also, the smaller movies, this was when there was some interesting shit going on, like Swimming Pool, Brown Bunny, 
I know that people don't like that one, but I like that kind of nothing happens in it. Dogville, Dogville came out, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, fucking, um, I think one of the Lord of the Rings movies dominated that year. Got it. We, we we got to hand two thousand three to Old Boy. Old Boy for oh, sure. Are you right? And that I have it in all caps because that you guys are absolutely right. South Korea has some of the most interesting fucking movies, man. Mm-hmm. You want to talk what? about going back to like things being really dark, like. One thing, uh, when you see Parasite, you'll know what I'm talking about. I won't spoil it. But Koreans will have they're, – they're the best at tone shifting mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. any movie that I've ever seen. They can go from horror to comedy to action back right. to comedy and then to like – but it always ends in tragedy, right? Yeah. Like like at the end of the movie, it's like, okay, so now how do we fuck you up <laughs> the most? And, yeah, and, like, and they do it every time. Like the host, the host has that oh weird funeral. Yeah, the funeral right. where they're where they're laugh crying uh-huh. and falling on each other. And I remember uh, saying to Amy at the time, like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. This is a culture <laughs> clash. There's such a culture clash happening. Uh-huh. And but then the the little girl dies in that. I'm like, how do you how yeah. do you do that? I thought we were having. I thought it was like a comedy slash horror yeah. movie. Yeah, I was all over the place on that movie. Yeah, yeah, but they um, but they do that in every, and that's that's also Bong Joon Ho who did Parasite. So, right. yeah, you'll 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 have fun with Parasite, right. I think. But um, worst of the year for 2003, I've got Dreamcatcher, which is such a the, the shit monsters, massive, massive shit show. <laughs> I don't think there anything are monsters that came up the toilet and ate you. It was really? a, it was a Stephen King book. Yeah. Well, they um, dude, you you buried the lead. They shoot out your butt. They come out of the toilet because they shoot out your ass. What? That's right. That's yeah, right. That's right. Shit, yeah. The shit weasels. Or There's whatever. bugs in your bugs in your butt. They're, they're like worms. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, no, I never saw that. You know, there's there's something worse in that movie than the things that shoot out people's asses. That's it's amazing, but somehow they made something worse, which is the alien has a persona that is like a British person's evil <laughs> voice, and me. And the guy who is embodying the alien is stuck in a warehouse of his memories. So you have this fussy British guy running around with a dolly, putting away boxes of memories in this other realm of of the of reality, while people are battling weasels in the bathroom and trying to burn out these shit monsters. And somehow they thought that this was a great idea. It's written by the guy who wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's like Lawrence Kasdan had something to do with that movie. It was just a everything I went wrong. I haven't even heard of that movie. Everything went wrong. It's a Stephen. Hey, it's a Stephen King story, <laughs> based on the novel by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's yeah. and it was after he got hit by the van. It was the movie he, the the book he wrote when he was drugged up after his his van accident. So um, I also talks the, about how like Stephen King goes through all these things in his life, and they just it gets immediately fast tracked into like the public consciousness. So. <laughs> He gets hit by a car, and then, like, while he's in an opium haze, he's like, "What if it came Shit. out of someone's ass?" And they're like, "Yes, make that into a f- absolutely. Ma- let's put fifty million dollars into it. We're Dude, we're going, you, we're going to make this." Into- I, one more thing about that movie: the aliens themselves, the army calls them Ripley's because he loves loves aliens so much. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. How is that lame? How lame is it? <laughs> I also have uh, the Italian Job remake as the worst of 2003. I fucking hate that movie. Mark Wahlberg, Jason. I love the original. I saw uh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I told you. If it's a bad one, I probably saw it. That's Yeah, that was bad news. Okay, 2004. This is where I think it was a good year. Primer, Life Aquatic, Layer Cake, 
Shaun of the Dead, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, a.k.a. the most realistic depiction of a relationship I've ever seen in film. Yes, sir. Uh, Dawn of the Dead, the Zack Snyder one, I think is yeah, gets, doesn't good. get its due. Kill Bill 2, uh, and here it's getting a little shaky. Troy, Spider-Man 2, my sister was in it, so I have to give it a shout. Hellboy, Chronicles of Riddick, Suspect Zero, I Heart Huckabees, mm-hmm. Anchorman. I think uh, Kung Fu yeah. Hustle came out that year. I love Kung Fu And Hustle. Kung Fu Hustle has so much in it that with the fucking frog powers and the dancing, like that's a pretty it's sweet cool. movie. Yeah, sweet movie. But, well, it's uh, easy. It's a, again, it's a it's Eternal Sunshine, right? Like that's yeah. that's the best movie. Eternal it, Sunshine I, of the Spotless Mind. Yeah, it's it's tough to beat. I mean, when I was working in a bookstore when it came out, I was dating someone with that kind of Kool Aid colored hair, like she has in the movie. Gross. Uh, there, everything <laughs> everything was all melancholy. You know, it was way too it, it was way too close to reality for me to appreciate at the time. I thought so somebody. Dave's just, life was like Eternal Sunshine if Jim Carrey's character lifted a lot and listened to Def Leppard. <laughs> that would have been. <laughs> I only would listen. I only have one Def Leppard album in 2004. I wonder what I listened to. Can you can you Google what's on the radio in 2004? Oh, it was definitely like Disturbed or Corn or some shit like so that. I will, I will tell you exactly what it is if you tell me what was on the radio. 2004. Yeah. I'm gonna check it out because this so is Usher's. Usher's, yeah. Yeah. Britney Spears toxic. Yeah. Um, let's see. 2004. Let me look up 2004 new metal. Look that up might dad actually rock. It's dad not going to it's not going to be dad rock. Okay, it's going to be Hold on. So sh- we shit year for music. Look at this. Kill switch Kill- engage. Okay. Slipknot no. volume 3. Okay. I Good. did like it. I did like it, but it wasn't it was definitely not at the top. Evanescence. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was probably earlier shit than that. Mm-hmm. It was probably it was probably corn. There had to be corn, right? Like sure. Let me see some. System of a Down, Incubus. Like that was that was that time. I got into Incubus late. I really want to solve this mystery. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, before they were kind of changing. That's true. Yeah. Oh shit! The toadies. The the to- I don't know the toadies. Do you want to die? I was listening to the toadies I think uh, but that was wasn't that like 90s below. the toadies had yeah they had they did the um, uh, they did some soundtracks and they had this album called hell below stars above that I f- fucking loved uh, but that uh, the big hit was earlier than that it was definitely kind of a post grunge one but i i got into stuff slightly late i wouldn't get into a an album until about five years after it came out so the the it it was on constant spin in my car was the toadies everything the toadies did so there you go so yes i'm jim carrey except i'm listening to the toadies and i'm doing a lot of curls and and but she you know she acted just like that chick in that movie which is kind of you know. It's a, it's actually like both of those characters are sort of perfect uh, representations of that kind of toxic relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where Joel in that movie, he's wimpy, but he's also like kind of passive. He's like really mean in a passive aggressive way. Because um, yeah. that's one thing is that is it is that Kate Winslet's character is never really mean in the movie. She's just kind of like she's the free spirit. But what that movie shows is like 
the kind of edges of that free spiritness, right? And how that can become kind of a bad thing. So the movie doesn't really create caricatures. It's just like these these two yeah, it, it very so, realistic. But so yeah, weird. you've got to you got to stay away from people who color their hair. That's I a, know that's that's, a that's the thing. I was working at Bar- I was working at Barnes and Noble. And so I'm on the book side at the mm-hmm. at the at the desk and at the register, but then we have a Starbucks in there, and that's where all the cool girls are working, right? That's the right. ones with the, the Kool Aid color, colored hair, the ones who are stealing milk and taking it home, <laughs> the ones who are the ones who are ripping off the register, and I'm like, ooh, that's I'm, you know, I, I gotta I gotta shoot for that because that's right. where the cool that's where the good stuff's happening. So so we would uh, the people that were. At the on the book side would be like we got to you know we want we didn't say it out loud but it's you know let's date the the Starbucks girls like these mm-hmm. book people are fucking idiots mm-hmm. and uh, and I got into a long term relationship with one of those Starbucks Kool Aid colored hair girls and uh, yeah. you know, she uh, it was terrible I mean but it was kind of it was good for a while but then it was terrible and you know mm-hmm. I was I found myself like getting into fist fights with dudes at you know in my thirties it was fucking bad news. Is this fist fights or is this where you beat someone's ass? Uh, this is what is the statute? We don't have to go do it on the show. It's a statute of limitations on this sort yeah. of thing. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. We don't have to get into it, but so I had to, I will say this. I will say this. Uh, Barnes and Noble set up a little minor anger management course for me, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I uh, and I became speaking of pariahs, like uh, Roger Ebert's favorite movie. I became quite the pariah. At, at Barnes and Noble, after right. um, after a run in with one of the one of the guys on the Starbucks side, we'll say that. Yeah, yeah. Did you know that guys that work at Starbucks can't fight for shit? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna vote for Primer. I I liked uh, I really okay. liked Primer. I think it was yeah. a it was a game changer, and I love that guy. I have like a man it's crush. A game on changer. Guy. It's very it's very confusing. It's a it's a hard movie to follow. I it think is. I actually I think I read like a. Maybe a ten thousand word exegesis on the movie, and I was Good like, stuff. "I think I get it, but not really." But that was Upstream Color too, right? Like, it's, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Upstream yeah, Color I don't is, get is, it, but is, yeah. Upstream but, Color kind of, I think, makes more sense. Mm-hmm. That I mean, Primer makes sense, but there's like little things that I get stuck on in Primer that are probably easy for engineer types. Mm-hmm. I'll just, I'll be looking at it and think, "Well, wait, where are they?" Can wait? Can are they both? Are both versions? Ah, and those are probably very simple. Whereas with fun fact, with, fun fact uh, Primer was made for seven thousand dollars. That's why it's a game changer. Guy, these dudes stood in their garage and made a perfect mm-hmm. movie. Love it. I think we should give a shout out to Layer Cake though, because Layer Cake was Guy Ritchie. Layer, la- layer, layer Cake up until the end. I think they, I think they bitched out at the end. Like, but they kill him, right? What's that? kill the guy don't they They kill the yeah lead. they do yeah yeah you it, think, it felt, you think it felt, that was felt tacked on it well the ending felt oh, tacked to, on to punish him you mean that's right what, okay yeah. yeah i can see that it was a alternate ending there's an ending where he doesn't die so maybe uh speaks to your point uh 2005 i'm gonna go a little faster 2005 history of violence sin city batman begins devil's rejects hustle and flow kiss kiss bang bang jarhead broke back mountain uh Worst of the year, I have Crash in Elizabethtown. Um, I got uh, I got History of Violence for that one. You do? I saw I saw Crash and Elizabethtown. <laughs> <laughs> I saw both of those. A pattern. And I don't know which movie. Mm, which one's worse? Brokeback Mountain. No, Brokeback Mountain. I'll say that. Good? 
Okay, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna confess something. I, I cried while watching Brokeback Mountain. Me too. I cried so much. Remember, we left Tinseltown was, here in El Paso, I and I was so just sad. crying. Gay? So sad. David. He, hey. <laughs> well, for this, he's that the movie is literally gay. So he, this is the only time he gets to say that. But when he when he goes back to get the and he gives him the 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 denim jacket, Jesus Christ! I don't think I've ever seen a sadder moment in a movie, and I've seen like Sophie's Choice. Mm-hmm. Like, that was some sad shit. Plus, it felt. I st- this is gonna this is gonna be one of those. It's, it sounds like praise, but it sounds kind of shitty. But it kind of humanized homosexual relationships for me. Yeah. Like I I looked at it and thought that's a that's a real normal thing or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The fact that they were, I don't. It sounds stupid out loud, but mm-hmm. I thought that that's a real. That it's painfully real. And the fact that they were kind of masculine dudes and they would when they got mad they'd punch each other in the face. That that spoke to 2004, Dave. I don't know. All right, all right, Dave. Or, I'm sorry, 2005. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That one. That one. Yeah. So now, now, Rio. I would say graduated high school. We've just we graduated. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, I think Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is the best movie of that year, but I didn't get into it until it was a slow burner. I didn't find it until it hit video. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 2006. Uh, we're heading back to Mexico for Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, we're heading, hey, we know which one Rios' favorite is going to be. Hold on, hold on, because we're going to stick around in Mexico for Children of Men, and then oh. we're going to take then we're going to take a hard left into South Korea for the host. Oh, the host is oh. good too. Yeah, this is year. But then we're going to go we're going to go right back to the to the rich white people for the prestige. And I might have. You guys don't like the dueling, the dueling magician movie? Oh no, the, no, the, no, the Prestige rocks. It's got David Bowie. It's good. It's good stuff. David Bowie's in it. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. Other I things. I saw that one. Go ahead. Other Sorry, things. I... 2006 is the weird uh, running scared with uh, Paul Thomas Walker. God, that's a, a real fucking good movie. That's a weird one. That's a weird. One. I remember uh, watching that. With that you. one has the record for the most f words in movies. Really? Still? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Un, un, Uncut Gems was close. But, oh, okay. But Running Scared has the most. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Hills Have Eyes remake. Um, oh, wow. by, I, see, I thought that was pretty interesting. It's by I the. It. Yeah. I didn't like the high tension movie that that director did, but uh-huh. Hills, Hills Have Eyes I thought was ambitiously grim. Um, the this is here's some controversy. Miami Vice. Uh, movie. Ooh, I love that movie. It gets better and better. And here, this is going to sound like I'm I'm joking, and I'm absolutely not joking when I say this is one of the best of 2006. Jackass two. Yeah. Jackass yeah. two. I don't remember. I'm, yeah. I'm 100% That's where it to come. It's brilliant. Ew, the horse. The horse. It's brilliant. Yeah. But not not even that. Like when he puts his he puts like a little face on his dick and puts it in the snake tank and the snake attacks it. <laughs> they put the, when they put the bees in the oh, limo, it's classic. the bees <laughs> in the limo, it's, that is, it's actually brilliant. It's, and I'm not kidding. It sounds like I'm kidding, but where you don't see those things. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, yeah. it's, it's real. It's anarchy. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Uh, Casino Royale, Apocalypto. Oh, is wow. Oh, wow. The Departed, <laughs> AKA Infernal Affairs 2, Babel, um, Oh, that's getting hard. It's getting tough. It's a 2006 was a good year. I I feel bad because you guys booed it, but I think the prestige is kind of great. It's 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 Jackass 2 as a close second for the best movie of 2006. What do you guys think? Well, my favorite favorite movie of all time is Pan's Labyrinth. 
Oh, well, that's... Like, that's my favorite movie, like, just ever. So I'm going to have to go with Penn's Labyrinth. What do you... Th- uh, I'm glad that... I'm glad that you're here so we can talk about this then. What do you think of the criticisms of Pan's Labyrinth of being um, that weird ass like fairy tale ending? Does it does it glamorize her misery in a weird way? Like there's something weird going on in that ending. Um, you know, she's a fairy princess by being horribly treated and murdered. It's kind of weird. Well, I'm not. I'm not when I've a- watched it, when I've watched it, it it depends on my mood. So sometimes I think of it like that she was actually all those things were actually happening and that she did go and yeah. live a better life. And then that's when I'm when idea. I'm not as happy, I think of it like that's just the last thought that she had before she actually died. And she just. Yeah. If that's the case. kind of that existence. I think it's about I like it better in your happy moments where you said it's, <laughs> it's all literally happening. She's getting keys out of frogs mouths. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. I don't know that director, uh, uh, del Toro. He mm-hmm. is such a trashy director. He's such a fucking mimic blade, you know, blade Two. uh, that this movie, I feel like that still lingers. It's still kind of gratuitous, but I think that people that come at it from the side, see it as this celebration of life where I can't, I don't know. I, I, I can't even know what I'm saying. I think that del Toro is a, is a weird fucking dude who likes <laughs> to make terrible things happen to children. And I think that he's getting away with it. Uh, but yeah, he's great. I, I don't want to say that he's, it's morally irresponsible to have bad things happen to children movies. I'm not saying that, but I, I think that people think it's inspiring for weird, weird reasons. I don't know. I don't know. Great movie, though. Hard to argue that that is at least in the top three of 2006. Um, worst of the year, I have Lady in the Water. Did you guys see that? No, I didn't see that one. Paul Giamatti. Nope. M. Night's, M. Night's rock bottom. His first rock bottom. <laughs> no, I never saw that one. It's like a. it takes place in a hotel, and it's like this fantasy battle between... It's going to sound like I'm making it up. Between the Scrunts and the Narfs. That's actual names of the things. Scrunts. I use scrunt when I'm trying to sidestep saying cunt. Oh, my God. And I don't think I got it. I don't know if I got it from that movie, but it would it would make sense. Um, 2007, let's keep it going so I don't get in trouble. By the way, uh, mine is uh, mine's Miami Vice. But, okay. okay, cool. Oh, wow. oh. Oh yeah, we left you in the dust. That's a, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's all right. That's a solid choice. That movie, I didn't like it the first two times I saw it, mm-hmm. and on viewing number three, I finally realized the tone, which is not the show at all. It's no. some. It's it's weird. It's icy. It's mm-hmm. it's like a, it's like synthesizers come to life, but yeah. it doesn't. No, it's it's it like it's, it's a it's a very haunted movie that. It feels like the death of the eighties, like finally, yeah. you know, like yeah. kind of twenty-five years later. It's kind of like this uh it's it has a, a tone that's almost like a mourning for uh a time that didn't really happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like Yeah, uh, it's yeah. I, I agree totally. It's it's a very it's, Mark Fisher type movie in, it's that, a, in that way. It's a two thousand movie it's the two thousands version of the eighties, which is not a thing. Yeah. And so it, it's it's weird. Um, 2007, um, heading over to Spain for the. This, this is my incredible. year. This is my year. Okay, I, 
yeah, there are some fucking some gems. There's some bangers here. Yeah. T- time crimes. Fucking killer. Time crimes. Yeah, it's a good time, movie. Uh, 300 comes out in 2007. Time to work out. Time to do some work. Yeah, dude. Uh, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, uh, uh, an 82-year-old Sidney Lumet makes Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, and it feels like like a 20-year-old made that movie. You get to see Philip Seymour Hoffman fucking, dude. Ooh, Ooh, in the first scene, too. Also, great casting. It has, uh, uh, what's his name? The dude from, um, uh, I can't, I'm drawing a blank. The guy who played uh, Tom Jones. Anyway, who mm-hmm. The guy who plays Philip Seymour Hoffman's dad in that movie, they both have these giant Irish heads. It's the, mm-hmm. some of the best casting I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, they look right, like father and son. Sorry, Gone Baby Gone, Smoking Aces. And yeah. this is where... You're this burying is where... the best ones. You're burying the best ones. <laughs> you're, okay. abs- you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right because... The last five of them I have as my number They're ones. I, I can make a gonna, choice. I, so can right. I? Can I? Can I take a guess? Can I take a guess? Uh, yeah. So no, no country for old men. There will be blood. Yes. Zodiac. Oh, hold on, I gotta pull my pants off. Yes. Um. Gosh, what else came out that death proof? Uh, yeah, Grindhouse. Yes, Grindhouse. Mm-hmm. Okay, Grindhouse. 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 Death um, probably wouldn't the list by itself but as the package grindhouse absolutely one of the best of the year and then maybe hot fuzz um i don't know if hot fuzz was 2007 i think it's on a different year okay but All the right. uh, assassination of jesse james by the coward robert oh, ford was that year? that's just because he's your friend Shh. Just adding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nepotism also bug bug was that year man tw- tw- dude 2007 was a banger of a year it was such a good just, year just a good year any other movies that I left out? Um, no, I just I I've still I, I can't make a decision. I I want to say there will be blood, but but I don't watch. I, I think it's the better movie, but I I've seen Zodiac like twelve times and I can't get enough of it. Zodiac so is for me. It's, it's so watchable. Uh, so watchable. Do you know which one I'm going to pick? You know which one I'm going to pick, right? I think yeah. I'm think you're probably going to pick. Uh, no country for old men. Maybe. That is correct. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Yeah, and it's and it's it's for me. It's a dead heat between that and there will be blood. It's really hard. If there will be blood was like six or eight, then it would have been picked for those years. But I got to go with no country. I'm surprised. You know, it's funny. Hot fuzz. <laughs> it was. She, hot looked, fuzz she looked it up. It was, was it 2007. 2007? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's where it's not a perfect system. Some of mine are going to fall through the cracks. <laughs> hot fuzz is great. Hot Fuzz is great. Uh, there, I just want to draw attention to the fact that Osborne, the his his choice, has a very French non-ending, and he took that over. There will be blood, which ends with somebody getting brained with a with a fucking bowling pin, right. and then and then the lead shouting, "I'm done," yep. <laughs> or "I'm, I'm yep. finished," or whatever. No, it's an absolutely fantastic movie. Like there will be blood. I looked forward to that movie so much because this was when the internet started doing like teaser trailers in like a really good way. And their teaser campaign for there will be blood was just clips of Daniel day Lewis acting. Right. So it would be him around the fire and him being like, him being like misanthrope. Yeah. Yeah. him being like, I don't care much for people. There's not, (laughs) I don't, I see people and I don't see much worth liking. And I was like, Ooh, I do remember the trailer. And then the trailers would be, and it would be that, uh, that guy, that guy, that guy that from Radiohead, where it was like, it's just like sounds. It's like, uh, it yeah. sounds like axes being dropped, like boom, 
clink. Oh yeah. Clink and it's like an oil derrick moving. Uh-huh, I remember and, that. And you know, and then it's it's just a shot of like his son running towards the oil derrick, mm-hmm. and um, and I I think I anticipated that movie much more. But when I look at it as objectively as I can, I I lit- I do think that No Country for Old Men is a perfect film. I think it's I think it's I don't think there's any I think it's unquestionable. That I no think that, un, that's it's un, unimpeachable. I will I, I will agree with you except for one moment. One moment huh. in that movie, there's a CGI deer and it bugs the shit out of me. Mm. It looks like okay. it's kind of Fair. floating in midair. It Fair. pisses me off because there's a there's a sequence with a dog that's perfect. Yeah. And that yeah, stuff so great. Was, that stuff is probably harder to film. Where he's waiting for his mm. gun to dry out, shoot that pit bull. So I don't is know there, why. Is there a tenser movie moment in movies than when he's being chased by the dog, right? And he just and it's and it, there's no music, dude. You just yeah, see the little right. pit bull's head floating in the water, <laughs> and it's it's just coming after him. It's just so, and then he gets out moment. and he right. takes the thing and he goes, you know, he's like he's blowing out his gun, whatever, and just barely gets it. Oh, I got to rewatch. Right. No, movie. you're you're right. Why? So why is that sequence in there? But they couldn't. They couldn't like hire a, a deer wrangler to put a real deer on the screen. Why is there a computer will you, will generated? You, will you will you put this away for just a second? I can't and I just, can't and just you will CGI. you just? Oh, are you kidding me? Like, this is a this is clearly you've never listened to the almost good podcast. <laughs> I think it's. I think the deer is actually hovering, and it goes backwards, like it's glitching. It's so bad. Oh, for God, so no, bad. it's not that bad. You're okay. It's, no, you're right. It's a good. It's a good movie. Yeah. Um, also, by the way, I, I'll I'll try to post this if I can. But the my favorite Twitter video was done by a guy called at uh, Husband's Revenge. Um, he takes that scene where Sugar is talking to Llewellyn on the phone. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, uh, he's like, I heard you're canceled, Chief. He's like, he's like, I'm living in your head rent free. And he's like, no, you're canceled. And that's the T. <laughs> oh that's it's a great, so... that's a great sequence too. Cause they, cause uh, uh, what's his name? Woody Harrelson is, um, he's pretty slick in that. He plays up his Woody Harrelson-ness. Yeah. <laughs> he just then, gets fucking murked. Just but then poof. he, yeah, then he crosses paths with, you know, Satan and, He's sitting there sweating. That's when you know things are gone. It's gone wrong yeah. for him. Yeah, and he, when he, and it's when like, he wipes his sweat, like yeah. what? Because he was trying to play it cool, but he knows that he's in a bad situation. You don't want to ever cross paths with that guy. In, in in the video when he's talking on the phone, whenever the blood's going towards his uh his boots, he goes, uh, "The tea has been spilled." <laughs> <laughs> so um, funny, dude. It's so great. Like everything about that movie is great. Um, I think that we. I think we might get to it. I think True Grit is still in this decade. Um, so they, good. they, yeah. True yeah. Grit's pretty good, but pretty good. the Coens have never before or after. I'll fight anybody. Like how would you? Old Men's just a perfect movie. Okay, how would how would you address criticisms that say, you know, you have this badass, and then uh, what's his name is on the phone with him, and he, you know, and he's talking shit like, you know, when I see him, I'm gonna fuck you up. And then the movie takes that out of our hands. Didn't you find that a little bit unsatisfying? No, I that no, dude. He's the, that's the what I love the most. Street? That's I, what I okay. love the most about the movie. And this might have actually fucked up my own writing. So in my very first novel, uh, I'll make this brief so that it's not too self-indulgent and weird. Uh, in my first book, it's based in a Russian prison camp, and they have to like 
convince this Polish guy to to come with them to like escape the camp. And the uh, whole idea is that they're gonna they're gonna eat him whenever they get out into the tundra. And the the twist of the thing is that he actually he dies accidentally before they leave. You know, so when okay, they leave, so you, they they have to they have to figure out who they're gonna eat now. And I I completely lifted that from No Country for Old Men because I thought the idea of taking him out before a confrontation, like to me, that was one of the most brilliant things I'd ever seen. I was like, oh. They just, they completely fucked up what I was expecting to happen. They did. They definitely did that. They definitely pulled the rug out of my expectations there. I, um, yeah, I'm torn between Zodiac and There Will Be Blood, though. I, we Mm -hmm. talked about so much There Will Be Blood. I'm going back. Zodiac above No Country? I would because of its rewatchability. I just want to watch people sit in diners and have conversations about shit. I don't want to see things happen in a, in serial killer movies anymore. I think serial killer movies have exhausted all possibilities. I just want to see people sit there and talk about it and have like a fucking BLT. And that movie does that like 10 times. It, does. it also has that really uncomfortable stabbing scene. That was one of the oh, most yeah. uncomfortable Oof. murder scenes I've ever seen ever. I mean, Zodiac is brilliant. There's no question about it. Again, if that was in a different year, we'd be taught like this is how right. good 2007 was, right? 2007 like, was a good year. Like, like any other year that could go up against most of the best movies. Right. And that's, but for, that's but true. for me, it's like, it's, it's no country. It's, there will be blood. Uh, and yeah. And then I don't know, 30 days of night, maybe. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> for the worst of, I've got the number 23, that Jim Carrey conspiracy mm. movie. It was a good idea. It was a good idea. And I liked that it was Joel Schumacher. And I wish that that movie was better. But it was bad. It's a, it's a yeah. fucking wreck. All right, I'm going to go faster so we don't run out of time. 2008, The Dark. I'm sorry, Rios, you were going to say something? No, she said K. I said, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. 2008, <laughs> The Dark Knight. Um, uh, Synecdoche, New York. So uh, this is where we're starting to get the superhero film. Uh, so I hate it already. Okay, yeah. cool. Funny Games. Hellboy um, 2, In Bruges, The Ruins, The Wrestler. The Swedish original of Let the Right One In and uh, oh, Tro- and Tropic Thunder. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I've got – here's what I've voted for. I have a tie between Tropic Thunder and The Dark Knight, <laughs> actually. Because okay. Just because, uh, you know, The Dark Knight is like Michael Mann doing a superhero movie. It's done it, – more so than the previous Batman oh. movie. It's done totally realistically and – it, this is the, it's the closest they've done to what it would actually be like if some rich asshole was running around fighting crime. And mm-hmm. so with all the, the shots of, uh, you know, Toronto slash Gotham, it mm-hmm. looks like it looked like I was watching a Michael Mann movie and I loved it at the time. Rewatching it, I see all the strings now and it's tough to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tropic Thunder, I just think is so fucking funny. And it is good. I would say in Bruges. My, that's a good that's a good one too i like in yeah. but I, it doesn't feel as um much of a moment as those other two but mm-hmm. it's funny too that's got some funny shit in it the tropic thunder and in should be they should go to thunderdome and battle out like which is mm-hmm. the most politically incorrect movie right. because both of those have some just horribly offensive stuff that you could that would not float today for five seconds mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, mine is you, let the right I, one in yeah I, you know, she might be right. <laughs> yeah. That scene with the swimming pool, the swimming pool in the head, 
It's it was so, just like, oh, that ending is tough to beat. That's tough to beat. And also the the little kid. Um, there's a that's an interesting relationship. It kind of sidesteps um, the vampire stuff. Yeah, it's a it's a weird one. What did you like the best about it, Rios? I just remember it was one of the, like one of the well, not one of the first movies that I saw, but it was just a movie that after I watched it, it blew my mind. I guess so. Yeah. That's mostly what I it, remember. I like yeah. I said, I have a horrible movie memory unless I've seen it more than once. Um, it's definitely one that elevates the genre. I know people hate when people say that, but it's an art movie. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's art movie than a horror movie, and sometimes that lands a punch bigger than the bigger than the the gross outs. You know, some people are like, "Eh, fucking Babadook and." It follows or they're they're art movies or not horror movies. I think that when they do it better, you know, when they make it feel like when they make it feel like a stylish statement on the people, not necessarily the a vampire movie. Like it, it it's almost a it's almost a shame to be a vampire movie. It's so good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the Renfield character that gets blood for him, he hangs people upside down and bleeds mm-hmm. them out in the woods. That's that's as scary as any serial killer shit. Mm-hmm. So that's fucking good stuff. And also it, it addresses the tropes in an amazing way. Do you remember the the, the title is refers to, you know, you, you can't the vampire won't come in unless you invite it. And right. you've probably you've always wondered what happens if you if they just did, what would happen? And the the movie does it. It has it happened. You guys remember what happens when it she's he's the little boy says, What would happen if I didn't invite you? And she says, You have to invite me. And he, and he's like, well, what what would happen? And she walks in the room and starts like slowly bleeding from the eyes and slowly bleeding from the ears uh. and, and collapsing. And it's like, oh, fuck. I, he didn't consider the implications of breaking the movie rules. It's fucking mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to watch that again because I just remember, yeah, just really loving it. But I believe I've only seen it that one time. Mm-hmm. I think you might be right. That might be better than the other two. I feel stupid now. No, I, I just. I shouldn't have picked it, Dark. Oh, it's it's in, okay. It's, it's your in, it's, it's in Bruges, your list. It's it's in Bruges, guys. It's in Bruges. Shut up. In, in Bruges has the like, in Bruges and Seven Psychopaths are that guy's two best movies, I think. And I think in Bruges is like the more contained, uh, one, yeah. funny kind of like punchy. Like I don't know if there's a punchier movie than in Bruges. Like yeah. everything, everything in that movie is a punchline. Like it just keeps. Pretty fun. You know. Fun. For the worst, I've got. I ignored all. That was the beginning of like epic movie and all that shit. The disaster uh, movie, and I ignored those because they're so bad. But the and the happening probably should get it. But I just laughed my ass off watching the happening. Yeah. So I got the spirit as the worst movie of 2008. Oh, the trees. That's a bad one. But the spirit made me hate Sin City, which I previously mm. thought was great because it's the same thing over again, but dumb. I remember that, but I didn't see it. I remember that coming out, and I remember thinking, like, I'm not going to watch. This was probably the beginning of me being, like, I'm not going to watch that movie, uh, Uh, which is a a pretty common thing that Dave and I run into on this podcast, Mm -hmm. where Dave will be like, did you see this one? And I'm like, nah, I I just (laughs) I saw that. I'm, like, not going to watch it. I did. And now I'm sending you I'm sending you money through PayPal to beg you to he watch. Did. Yeah, yeah. Which, Rios, by the way, next even... next next episode we'll do Never Back Down for yeah, sure. Yeah, I sent so... you guys. The, you guys have to watch. It's Fight Club. It's it's like the Teen Fight Club. But anyway, 2009, a good year, I think maybe. Okay. Dog Tooth, Dog Tooth. That that's that Greek okay. dude. 
who yeah. did the, the lobster killing of a sacred deer, the favorite, all must-sees. Uh, that's where he started. Uh, District 9, arguably oh, yeah. sort of sort of troubling and offensive, like, you know, the plight of South Africans reduced to these cat food-eating lobster uh, people. Prawns. Yeah, but, but still pretty brilliant movie. Um, yeah. uh, Glorious Bastards. Uh, it, it's kind of shaky, but Tarantino clearly thinks it's his best movie, so I think it has to be considered. Uh, the Messenger, where people go and tell people their loved ones have died um it's really really good movie uh, uh that's from oscilloscope that made bellflower just should give that bellflower shout out hey. perfect the perfect getaway that's by the uh riddick guy mm-hmm. and um and uh you know i'll just throw it out there in case you guys might like it uh the watchman movie that's okay. 2009 2009 so what do you think what do you uh, think folks not 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 super impressed with 2009 as a as a year um if yeah. that's what we're if that's what we're working from, it was um, it was no it was no 1999. You're absolutely right. As far as being on the verge of a yeah. um, a year with a nine in it, it it fell a little short. I feel like uh, District Nine probably. Yeah. I mean, like that's that's probably. Oh, I'm looking it up right now. Avatar. No, hold on. <laughs> I have I have that under worst. Spoiler. That's my that's my worst. Everybody, everybody relax. The Blind Side came out in 1999. <laughs> So it looks like it Talk also like where, wait, like oh. where the wild things are, which was like supposed to be really good, but sucked ass. Um, it's like a slow, boring, hmm. dumb. Oh, serious man, that was good. Um, minor Cohen, minor Cohen's. Can I just rip on Blindside real quick? Did you guys did you guys see that movie? No, I never saw uh, it. Serious no. man, yeah, you should serious, watch. Yeah. About it's it's so offensive. the 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 trailer makes it this is going to sound worse than it is but bear with me they make the the you know it's about a rich white woman who mm-hmm. takes in takes in a very yeah. Uh, yeah. large i'm not football. teaching him he's teaching dude. me <laughs> dude every line every beat of the trailer for the blind side is essentially like mighty joe young yeah where a a white woman is like taming this actual animal mm-hmm. it, it's so gross and offensive and people look at it and they say, Oh, look at her doing the right thing. But he's, he's treated so subhuman. And even in the trailer, mm-hmm. it's, it's so fucking gross. Um, mm-hmm. I hope, yeah, maybe delete that. I don't know. I mean, no, 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 no. I, <laughs> you I, know I what I'm talking like, about? You're, you're not saying that you're saying that's what I, the movie's doing. Yes. Uh, exactly. And so they treat him like an animal. They treat it like they're taming oh, a, an animal in that movie. Rios found one. Rios found one. 2009. What? Thirst. Thirst was great. The fuck that is Thirst? Great. I never even saw uh, Park Chan Wook. He directed Oh boy. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. I missed I missed Thirst. Old, yeah. old boy's missed vampire movie. It's I a missed... vampire movie though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I'm I'll, I'll take your word for it that's good. That guy hasn't made a bad one that I've seen yet. That's it's a good one. I gave it's it to good. District 9 as well that you guys what said District the worst? 9. What, what what are the worst? Fucking Avatar. 100%. <laughs> Avatar. <laughs> we saw it in 3D. I actually enjoyed seeing that movie at the time, but I've since thought about how bad it is. And mm-hmm. also the fact that there's, what, nine sequels that no one wanted? It's it's a scourge. Yeah. It's a fucking scourge. Also, Funny People, which is Adam Sandler, um, Rios' dad. Do, uh, it's a terrible movie. It's like smug, rich fucks. I hate that movie. 
it's it's a it does the worst with Adam Sandler, whereas we know that he can be he can be amazing. That's not one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2010. Now this is the actual decade. Now we're into the <laughs> now we're to the list that every right, that we, we, that we promise, there we go that here we, we go. promise. So 2010, Social Network, Repo Men, Kick-Ass, Animal Kingdom, 127 Hours, Black Swan, Inception, The Town, a.k.a. Heat Jr., but no mm-hmm. no, no, dipshit heat, uh, and uh, a Serbian film. And I have, a, I have a little note in parentheses that says, not a great year for movies. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, Serbian film is a is is rough. Um, can you say that? What can you can you go through that one more time? Social Network, Repo Men, Kick Ass, Animal Kingdom, 127 Hours, Black Swan, uh-huh. Inception, The Town, and a Serbian film. Also, Marwin Call, that documentary about the dude with the little dolls that they made into that shitty movie mm-hmm. Marwin. Mm-hmm. The documentary is brilliant. Um, you've got yours locked and loaded. I've got. Yep. Is go for it. it. Let's hear Rios. What do you got? It, she's got a good one, actually. Oh, no, oh. I was just showing you that. But um, The Yellow Sea. The Yellow Sea. I saw that The Yellow oh, Sea came out in 2010. I heard that is very stabby. That's a very it stabby. It is very it's stabby. extremely stabby, yeah. <laughs> um, there's the Man from Nowhere. I saw The Devil, which I haven't seen. I saw The Devil, dude. I oh, saw that The Devil. a good oh, one. Fuck, that was that year? God damn. My yeah. list fell. 2010, I changed my mind. So I have the social network and uh-huh. Serbian film, but I, I saw the devil is amazing. Yeah. I, so it's, I saw the devil of your list. I would say animal kingdom. Animal I'm kingdom really is like also kingdom. have that in all caps. I saw the devil though is the last word on the cop and killer are two sides of the same coin. Yeah, like they, right. They, right. And they destroy that. Just that. absolute, absolute insanely good movie and very extremely. It, again, it's Korean, so it leaves you feeling gross when you're done with right. it. You're like, okay, I don't like anything That's about life. Um, <laughs> I fucked up. I'm glad you guys are checking my work because I fucked up. I left that off. Yeah. So I saw the devil, but of, of your list, Animal Kingdom. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. The Australians got Australians. Ben Mendelsohn, dude. Like Ben they, Mendelsohn, they, Ben they, Mendelsohn when he's on is scared. is on. And he's scared, he man. was so the scene with him and like the teenage girl, he's yeah. so scary. Like it's very scary. He's yeah, scary. dude. Yeah. And and Australians do great with realism. Their crime movies have this docu realism vibe that American movies can't touch. So like, you had social uh, network, that's interesting. Uh, I do because it's uh, it's, a, I think it's Fincher. It's good. That's how good Fincher is. He he made a Facebook movie that's great. That's how good he is. Yeah, he could he yeah. could make a movie about anything and it would be great. Okay, what are the worst? Uh, the worst I have Shutter Island, and okay. and Jonah Hex. But Jonah Hex is Jonah bad Hex. as it I is. I was thinking about Jonah Hex the other day. That's really weird. I was it's, thinking about movies that just kind of like came and should have been awesome there was this whole string yeah. of movies that i think jonah hex really kind of like made them, it was one of them. Co- well but should have been good you know like like hobo with a shotgun and shit right. like that like jonah hex was in that same vein but it was like where it had become commercialized where they were like we're gonna we're gonna do this kind of grindhouse thing and and kind of, it, but it was so awful and flat you know what's funny what's funny about jonah hex it's only an hour long yes yeah. i think it's like 70 minutes or something yeah. it's like yeah. barely yeah. barely cracks an hour right um 
So, uh, okay, rapid fire. 2011, this is the year of oscilloscope. Bellflower okay. lands. 2011, Bellflower lands, and our podcast is created Ooh, as a, well, eventually becomes created as a, as a, uh, an answer to Bellflower's greatness and it's bellflowers almost good goodiness mm-hmm. um drive we need to mm-hmm. talk about kevin um for those of you that, that don't know that we need to talk about kevin from a mediocre book to a perfect film lynn ramsey it's like her mom movie where her dad movie is you were never really here that's for the dads for the moms is we need to talk about kevin both very dark versions of like parenthood attack the block melancholia the raid moneyball rampart the girl with the dragon tattoo and that's i'll stop with those what do you guys think what do you guys think i have a controversial my answer is controversial should i just throw it out there um hold on let me i I don't want to influence your answers though 2011 hold on i'm gonna have to I'm so scared. I'm so so scared you're gonna find an amazing movie. I forgot. No, 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 no. I'm just let me see what it added. So uh yeah, I'm seeing, I'm looking, and um, I don't know if I'm seeing some I have to pick something. You do. You know what? Uh the I really liked the raid. (laughs) The raid is yeah, <laughs> the raid's big in your household because he's always talking about the raid. It's just like a, it's just fighting. So I, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't really remember. It's yeah, because I'm, I'm going through a list here online and I don't really see. I mean, to me, anything that I, that's, I mean, drive. I remember drive. Um, but drive. I'm thinking Osborne likes drive. Yeah, that's what yeah, I would drive, say. Drive, drive, drive my movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Bellflower, you know, that's I kind of want to give it to that. But here's my controversial answer. I think the best movie of 2011 was The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I never Ooh, saw it. Ooh, that is t- a controversial thing. And Again, I'll tell you, we got a Fincher stand over here. I know. Ooh. I'll tell you why. Because it in the book, I I read the book, um, and the book is not good. The drag, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo has everything I love in a movie. It... It's got its it's got its fincherness, but it's and it's got uh, it's got these kind of alien, ca- cold, calculated characters that Fincher does so well. But it's got this huge Byzantine plot, and then they cram in a serial killer for no reason. So you have a serial killer movie within the movie that is as good as any other full length serial killer movie. And it's just an interlude in this movie. There's like, Oh yeah. Do you guys like serial killers? We're going to deal with one for about 20 minutes. Hmm. Um, it's got, uh, it's got like weird, um, power dynamics reversal. Um, that look like unfun sex scenes, all the shit I love in movies. It's got, um, it's got, a, uh, that, weird uh trent reznor remake of uh immigrant song playing over the credits with this mm-hmm. uh in weird oil bees robot faces I, I it's just got when i put it on i put that movie on not as much as zodiac but i'm so satisfied and then on top of it it feels like you're watching a james bond movie mm-hmm. it, it's got so much going on i've tried to watch the originals 
Um, I don't think they've got the same thing going on. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes down to one thing. It comes down to the dildo choice. In the movie, she gets revenge on her parole officer who's been raping her. And he puts, uh, she ties him up and s- sticks a dildo up his ass. And in the in the original movies, the dildo is a plastic white dildo. Mm-hmm. Fincher looked at that and he said, I can do better than that. So in his movie, it's a steel dildo. And when she, and not only does she jam it in there, she gives it a kick and there's like a metal tink sound. Oh and that, that shows you how much Fincher just says, I'm going to, I'm going to pulp this up just a little bit more to make it perfect. And, um, that's, I think it comes down to that. That movie is like a, somebody kicking a silver dildo up a, movie's ass i don't know that fell apart right when i said it but i love it <laughs> i love it the girl with the dragon tattoo 2011 worst movie i got sucker punch and the thing remake that is where the cgi battle was lost forever they filmed it they filmed it with practical effects and then they went through and covered up the practical effects with computer shitty versions because it was they said it was easier to manipulate later if they had to make changes so that's where the battle was lost they said we don't care what it looks like this is easier Mm-hmm. Even though they already paid, they already paid for the better version. So anyway, Thing Remake and Sucker Punch, which is probably unwatchable. I've yeah. tried to watch it once. I'm so bored. Everything it had everything looked great, and it was so boring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did did you guys see Sucker Punch? No, I saw Sucker Punch because the guy who did the concept art for it did my cover. So oh, wow. I was like, oh, I got Alex Pardee did all the Sucker Punch art. And uh, yeah, it, was, it looks it was great. Bad. It was a bad movie. So that's integrity, kids. He could have just pretended he liked it because he was involved in some way. That's <laughs> what, that's what happens on Facebook every minute of the day. But he doesn't like it. That's integrity. No. Uh, 2012, Dark Knight Rises. Um... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gay. I'm a gay guy. Ugh, I don't know. I, don't, I was trying David, to do. A, I was trying to do a joke there. Sorry. Yeah. This, it was, it, was it was Bane. It was Bane as gay as a gay guy. Oh, that's what you're doing. Um, I'm gay. Scott, <laughs> it's a little funnier now that you explain the joke, which I think is the key, <laughs> the key to any good comedy is an explanation before you do it. Um, so, uh, Skyfall, which is the unofficial uh-huh. Batman movie, because it's got it's got a Joker. It's got that dude. It's got the dude from No Country for Old Men with a weird Joker mouth. It's got an Alfred. It's got a Wayne Manor. It's got a fucking Batmobile. It's got orphan shit. It's basically a Batman movie. So you had two Batman movies, 2012. Uh, he, uh, Hero Dreams of Sushi, I've got on my list. Oh, yeah. uh, great documentary. The Goon, a very satisfying film about uh, hockey starring Stifler. Uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow, I know Ooh, Dave's starting one. to tingle over there. Good one. Good the one. Ca- Cabin in the Woods, arguably the last word on metaphor. About the master, the master's on. The there. master is on my list as well. Um, I also threw on just for kicks: uh, Prometheus, Killer Joe, Compliance, Dread, Looper, Killing Them Softly, Jack Reacher. I only put that up because it was the beginning of Tom Cruise's like unassuming epics, where they're they're slightly smaller epics, but lead to it leads to an impressively. Uh, late start by mm-hmm. Christopher the Macquarie is now the, the mission impossible 
guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Somehow he took Jack Reacher and turned it into, they're the new James Bond movies. The Mission Impossible movies are the new James Bond. Um, so I put that on there because Jack Reacher was the beginning of it. But I think you already, you know, you're the get, uh, the jig is up. The master is is great. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's hard to match for me too. Yeah. yeah, I do like. I think Cabin in the Woods is also a big moment, like a, as a meta horror thing. But uh, what do you think, Rios? You see any of these movies? I picked the Cabin in the Woods because it has I, Thor. I, it has Thor in it. <laughs> Thor. We discovered. Uh, I was point. I showed Amy this a picture of him from that movie. Not an attractive Thor in that he looks, but he but because he looks the part so perfectly, wearing a varsity jacket with a crew cut, he's kind of looks like a a jockish high school guy. Like, how could you do that? You think that that guy would be impossible to make look like a human being? Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but throw throw a varsity jacket on him and and give him a crew cut, and that looks mm-hmm. like a high school kid. Um, Worst movies. Kind of goonish. Oh, you didn't like it. Oh, worst movies. Hunger Games. Hunger Games. That I put that on there because that has a kid making himself look like a fucking birthday cake to hide in a river. I, I fucking hate that. What? See, that, that, then the movie, the kid who makes cakes. Nope. Never seen it. Oh, it's fucking bad. Uh, <laughs> it also has CGI fire, which I love. Um, <laughs> it's it's Battle Royale for dummies. Fucking mm. It's also it's the beginning of the, the young adult apocalypse movies mm. which has turned into bearded dudes writing about strong teens in the rubble uh chuck winding <laughs> oh, trembly trembly's new book <laughs> <Paul Trimbley. laughs> you know strong strong women in the rubble with a young young which, adult by the way feel. paul trembly also gave me my my first blurb i'm very appreciative for that uh and but, but uh, still, my, my, but my but my integrity cannot i was gonna abide. say you still rip I, it can't, it can't, can't can't abide where he's going right now. That's it's, integrity. It's kids. not good, man. Hey, we give give them credit. They said that they wanted movies about strong young women written by bearded red, <laughs> red beard red bearded. And my man fucking, fucking delivered, fucking did he not? He delivered. Fucking gamer types. Yes, that's what we needed. They needed to produce those strong women roles. But anyway, anyway, no more bitterness. Um. 2013. Oh, did you guys pick? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, we, you did. You did. You yeah. did. Cabinet was the master. 2013. Gravity. Stoker. Upstream. Grim, upstream color. Okay. Okay. Uh, only God forgives. See, see, there's coming. Mm-hmm. Pacific right, Rim. I threw in Pacific Rim because it's fun. Uh, Elysium. Uh, Bad Grandpa. Because <laughs> yeah. the the idea was brilliant. Uh, out of the furnace. That's the Frank Bill thirst trap. Out of the yeah, furnace. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'll, this one I have in all caps to because I I think it's a contender. The Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street's big. What I, I would also add Mama to that list. Um, yeah, we. I just watched Mama and I I liked a lot of it, but I it didn't make my cut. But okay, okay. I, I'd add that uh, no, in, inside no, Lou no. inside Lou and Davis. All right. That's got sad things happening to cats. That made me sad. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, so like the my 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 point with all this is that like 2013 begins to. This is where we're starting to look real bleak. Like this is this is getting bleak. Uh, oh, okay. So Snowpiercer, Snowpiercer. 2013, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think Snowpiercer technically, I have it at 2014 because that's when it was. It oh, was, is that the, what you- the, 
there was some weirdness with it. It was it was mm-hmm. pulled back, and they want and Weinstein wanted them to change and make a happy ending or something. And it was they held on to it. It was released late, but then they leaked they leaked the real version so that they would release it. So it could be either. That's year. crazy. That's like that's like the worst thing that guy's ever done, for sure. To try to to try to make yeah. Snowpiercer a happy ending. Yeah, dude, Weinstein's <laughs> terrible. That's like so easily the worst thing he's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding um you've been canceled <laughs> yeah um, the, the i'm voting spilled. i'm You're voting canceled. upstream color just to get it going i voted upstream color because shane caruth uh i think he created the most complicated heist i've ever seen on film with that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you are drinking mm-hmm. you can't look at my face it's made out of what is the sun is made out of like that's some that's some complicated. yeah yeah upstream color is probably the one uh, I really did Wolf like Wall- Mama, but I the laughed, Wolf of Wall Street's I laughed, great too. I laughed, yeah. I laughed more in that movie than I had since Tropic Thunder. The Wolf of Wall yeah. Street is one of those movies made by an old, old dude, but it feels like it's some I don't give a shit youngster made that movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's, got, so it's got energy to it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, what are the worst ones? Well, would Rios didn't pick one? Mm-hmm. Or did she say? I don't. No, I don't know. Um, I guess I'll just I'll just pick Pacific Rim. <laughs> it's Guillermo. <laughs> it is. It is your boy, great Guillermo. <laughs> and that's why I don't understand the love for Mama because it just feels like Del Toro light. It just feels like a mm-hmm. like something he thought of and he said, "You go ahead and do it." But most overrated. Uh, blue is the warmest color. I never saw that. I still haven't seen it. Oh, it's so long. And it's just lesbians being gay the whole movie. Hell yeah. Okay. Um, I've got under the worst. Movie 43 is bad, but also Sharknado came out that year. And I think that that is the year, that is the beginning of the prefab cult films craze. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Kind of like AstroTurf cult movies. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So okay. now it's it's like the Pose Law where you can't distinguish between actual trash and prefabricated purposeful trash, right? Sharknado is the is the beginning of that. Also, the Purge, which forever yeah. ruined forever ruined people in masks tilting their heads. Yeah, uh, and Kickass Two was the rare movie that is so bad that the first one seems bad now. I loved yeah. the first Kickass. Watched two, and now I think, ew, was they both yeah. suck? Yeah, Kickass went to bed. Oh, I'm actually I'm kind of I'm kind of jumping ahead here. I'm kind of looking at 2014. This it gets okay. dark. It gets dark. Well, let's, well, let's, <laughs> let's, let's keep it moving. Interstellar, Birdman, uh, and dude, this you're absolutely wrong because one of my all-time favorite films came out in 2014, Whiplash. Whiplash. I did, I did not see that. Oh, my God. You'd love it. Uh, Under the Skin is another good one. See, what are you talking about? It Follows came out that year. He That director went on to adapt The Last Projector and not pay yeah, me a single yeah. cent. That, yeah, that yeah, guy has yeah, taste. True, he has taste. True. The uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, The Rover, Edge of Tomorrow, a perfect action film. Snowpiercer, Nightcrawler. Um, I threw on Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it's one of the only auteur superhero films besides the besides the Nolan movies. Uh, what? Fury. But but Fury. What are you saying? No, no, no. Fury. Fury. <laughs> the movie. Fury. Oh, uh, is that the tank movie? Yeah, it's a I good saw movie. That. I saw that on a plane, and they, I think they edited it because I didn't like it. They think they took out the good stuff. Inherent Vice? 
that's okay. Kingsman, Gone Girl, they came out that year too. Mm-hmm. I think it's a strong year. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know, dude. It's It seems like what I'm seeing here is this is the beginning of the superhero trend. So we have Ninja Turtles, Spider-Man oh. 2, uh, Captain but America, Guardians amazing, of the Galaxy. Yeah, that's amazing Spider-Man 2, and that didn't, didn't make nary a splash on anybody's radar. Guardians of the Galaxy was fun. I I enjoyed it when I saw it in the theater. Mm -hmm. Uh, I haven't really revisited it, but I think even Amy said, we walked out and she goes, that was actually a lot of fun. Okay. 2015. Wait, I picked Snowpiercer. Okay. Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. I picked Under the Skin and Whiplash. I do love Birdman, but I think Whiplash, um, I, I do like watching that over and over again. It, people have made it seem like it's an inspirational movie about a drummer and this terrible teacher, but it's actually a horror film. And it's about two terrible people and a battle of wills. And if you think of it that way, it's very satisfying. It's also the first Blumhouse movie. It was, or for, it was, it was a Blumhouse smash. And because it was an Oscar uh, uh, favorite and because of all the attention given to the, to the guy, to the mean teacher um it financed everything like blumhouse is huge because of whiplash that's why we have all these terrible horror movies um but anyway um worst of the of that year i, I have boyhood i don't know why people liked boyhood and god's not dead that's that atheist pre- professor yeah, legend yeah. drops a genre and i think this might be a bit of an overstatement i think god's not dead and those sort of um, bullshit urban legend stories about like telling a professor what's up about God, I think it helped usher in Trump. I think mm. that those those fake stories of you know telling the libs what's up, I think that that helped get momentum going on social media with people sharing hundreds of thousands of those fake fuck you stories to the liberals. Mm. Um, I think that that. That right around 2014 is um, was Trump in office yet? Anyway, that, that no, God's not dead. I think is dangerous for the world, not just a bad film. Um, 2015, The Martian, The Lobster, The Gift, Black Sea, Ex Machina. Mm. Um, I don't want to say the this one yet because it's the clear winner. Straight out of Compton, The Hateful Eight, The Revenant, Tangerine, and the one that just kind of. Uh, ruins the curve for everyone. Mad Max Fury Road came out that Ooh, year. Oh, there we go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I, I That's can't it. Admit, it's so good. So it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved Mad Max. Everything works. Uh, the worst I have the Big Short, which is that bizarre new genre of like shitty important movies that look like cheap ass SNL skits. Mm-hmm. He did the he did the Cheney one recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have Jupiter Ascending. The the Wachowskis did that and it just nothing worked in that movie that's the one um where uh i don't fucking remember it but yeah it's sort of a matrix light they're farming people to make i don't even fucking know it's queen of the bees is she's this chick's like fucking queen of the bees i'm drawing a blank i'm getting tired uh (laughs) bad movie um so fury road's the clear winner let's keep moving 2016 Arrival, The Witch. I have the lobster down twice. I guess I was confused. Uh-oh, uh-oh, Osborne, we're, we've tested your integrity twice. Would you like to test it a third time? Green yes. Room. 
uh, Green Room. Ah, uh, there we go. The best movie of all time. <laughs> Hold Easily on, David. Decade. Decade. Hold on. Uh, the I, neon. There's a, there's a performance in Green Room that just I think Stop. elevates it above. Yeah, when you uh, when you look at the camera, goddamn it, you you took me out of it. You what's all this shit about me looking at the camera? I don't look at the fucking camera. I, I'm, that, glancing I'm glancing that, around. I'm glancing around. You had one job. You had, you know, if you were a black rapper, you would be a natural actor. But instead, you're a white rapper, and you looked at the camera. Uh, I didn't look at the fucking camera. I did not. I, I, we'll put it up to the listeners. <laughs> did I or didn't I look at the camera? Okay. Green, Green Room is. It did make my list. I also have integrity, and I took out. I didn't even address the fact that you were in it when I was making my choices. The Green Room is in the top list of 2016 uh swiss army man hell or high water uh i i don't think i should have added that as i say it um and i think that's about it you know the no i have three to add oh help me out help me okay so the handmaiden came out we're in 2016 right handmaiden came out um trained to busan and the whaling Three Korean movies. Ooh, the whaling. Yeah. The whaling right. is a big one. The right. whaling's a big one. Yeah, that's the whaling, tough. I still that's... I still have to go with Green Room. Uh but oh. like with the whaling Seriously? is really good. It's really good. Really? The whale the whaling I think the one strike against the whaling, but also ironically makes it amazing, but maybe not the most watchable movie, is is it it's 14 hours long, right? It's like, so long. It's so it long. It's a long movie. I it's... have it. So I bought The Wailing because it's been my plan to watch it again. But <laughs> then I have to think about the length of the movie. I'm like, damn, dude, that's so going to be three long. hours of that's my a life. Movie. That's a movie that ends with a person in a literal devil costume literal. taking pictures. <laughs> but you buy it. You buy it. You're like, oh, this is scary. It Um, also has that weird tonal shift you were talking about. It has these weird Keystone cop, bumbling cops in it. uh It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, Yeah, you you saved the day again. I forgot about the whaling. And uh, uh, Train to Busan is, I think, is good. A little sillier. I think the whaling kind of crushes it when it's up against it. Oh, yeah. The whaling's really big. But, but I had also, to add it on like, there. Let's talk more about Green Room and what Hold on. Leave it. Stop. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. There's the whaling and there's Train to Busan, which I had to add on there just because it's. I think it's an amazing zombie movie. And it's then um, The Handmaiden. The Handmaiden was fucking amazing as well. I feel bad. Yeah. I feel bad. I will. Like, let me. I will offer this about Green Room. Um, it, it, I definitely have it in the plus column because it had some of the most realistic violence I'd seen in a long time. And I I felt like that it already had a, um, you know, people stuck in one situation, how are they going to get out of this uh, tension? And then to, and to not make that feel like a, a movie, it felt like uh, it felt like people were really getting cut and chewed up by dogs. And yeah, it, it, it definitely made you feel it. And if that guy's and Blue Ruin was great, and Green Room was great, and the third one is our notorious lost episode. <laughs> yeah, we had to we had, we had to cut that one because at, at the time, uh, it might our guests, it might screw up some high powered deals. Our guest was actually like in the process of talking to the filmmaker of making a show, and we trashed it. And so you want to talk about integrity? We had to we had to lose that episode. <laughs> We had because, to lose it because if that episode would have aired, then maybe some upcoming it could have fucked up some of the job. Hmm. Yeah, getting greenlit. But it, I think it's gonna. I think we're gonna 
put that episode out soon anyway. Um, I voted for Swiss Army Man because there's just nothing like it. It's like an orgy of um, like imagination and corpse boners. And I didn't, you know, I've never seen I thought it was. Yeah, no, I actually just watched it last week. Um, really? I decided, yeah, I just what, decided to watch it. And what do you think, like, it, years later here? Um, you know, I thought that it was pretty. It was pretty silly, like the farting thing. So I was like, okay, I'm sticking to it. As soon as he started farting, I was like, all right, I'm going to keep watching. Um, and then I really enjoyed the, like all the little makeshift stuff that they, that they made together, like the bus and like the, their friends when they're um, having that dance party. Um, yeah. I thought was, I really liked those pieces. And then it was just, I don't know. I would just call it overall. I thought it was just silly, but I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. The the bus thing had a weird Netflix ad in it, but I, I didn't notice it at the time. What? I, I, yeah, it, really? It, talks, it actually talks about Netflix. Oh, they moment. do talk about Netflix. Yeah. It's very it's very weird moment. That. But I, again, it, it kind of, it didn't bother me at the time because, like you said, the movie's so silly. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it does find some emotion by the end of it. Also... I think, I don't know if I was making this point or if I was talking to someone who was making the point and I agreed with them and then co-opted their point to use right now. I think it might be, you could make a case that it's the only actual bizarro movie mm-hmm. where it takes it takes advantage of the possibilities of a bizarro genre. Right, and and that speaks to the, the like the, the farting stuff. You know what, that's a very it's bizarre. So, yeah, well, just what he can do with his body, right? Yeah, and the childlike stuff, it feels like a bizarro book. Um, back when they were still a genre, back when they mm-hmm. still existed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, before, before they got canceled. Wait, before, what before year they are we sh- in? 2016. Wait, did we already pick? I, I already picked. It's Green Room. It's I, green I picked room. Swiss green Army room. Man. No, oh. green, no, Green Room takes it hands down. For I, green Room is a good film. I um, picked The Handmaiden. Okay. Okay. Yes, I have a... <laughs> I'm sorry. I know it. Every time she does that, every time she does that, I feel like I should change my vote. That's how persuasive it is. Yeah. She's like, I picked The Handmaiden. <laughs> in the in the like, in the audio, should, it's gonna be like us talking, you. and then it's gonna come out like. <laughs> we told oh, you not to open the box. <laughs> Why did you open the box? <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna save distance. I think I pick the handmaiden. All right. Okay. That's it's that's actually. I think I think I, the are, whaling might actually be the the best choice. But which uh, one? Which, which the, one the whaling. The whaling. It's hard, man. I gotta go. I mean, like, the but witch, the, I mean, I think it was a strong year. The witch, the lobster, oh, arrival, so all good. Lobster, I, okay. I, so I am. I I have a. I didn't actually like the witch that much. What? No, I didn't really like the. Witch. What? Don't you want to live deliciously, David? No, I don't. Deliciously every day. That's that's why I'm, <laughs> that's, that's why I'm those in one crows, of the fucking the the ram black Philip or whatever. Did did yeah. he get did he get too commercialized? Well, I was into black no, no, Philip before. Just, just just when I I actually just like when I saw it, I thought that um I thought that the attention to detail was amazing, and I thought that it was really well shot. But I didn't really um I thought it was a little boring. The witch really? was a little little, a little boring. Yeah. It was. It could have used a little more green room. Is that what you're saying? It could have used and the a little. Children, I think the children killed it for me too. The children like like whenever there's children who are. Uh, yeah, but when that kid coughed up, worked, the, like, he coughed up the apple. I thought they were pretty good little actors. I and I usually hate children in movies. Mm. Yeah. 
don't know, guys. Agree to disagree. I'm going to be a disagree witch, but okay, well, I'm going to rewatch the witch. Or the or the Vovovovich or whatever it's called, you know. The worst worst of the year. I have the Ghostbusters reboot. Um, <laughs> might be a controversial choice, but I did not laugh once. Like no laughs. Uh, and I also have Suicide Squad, which is the most poorly constructed movie I've seen in, in probably decades. I think I think Suicide Squad actually it could have been awesome, but they fucked. Yeah, it, it was. They tampered with it. They tampered. With yeah. it. All right, we're moving along. This one we're going to okay. do really fast because this okay, was a this was a year that uh, we already did a best of, so this is going to sound oh. very familiar. 2017, the Florida Project, Let the Corpses Tan, Brawl and Cell Block 99. I, Tanya, Mother, Blade Runner 2049, Phantom Thread, Killing of a Sacred Deer, Ghost Story, and Three Billboards, Atomic Blonde. I just started throwing them on. Get Wind Out. River. Get Out, yes. Dunkirk, Lady Bird, Logan, Baby Driver, Shape of Water. Those are all so meteor. There's a, so there's, there's a lot of movies A there, lot of movies. This is the year I started I think, getting burned. I, I think the, the I think the very I think the very first one you mentioned, I'd have to go with Florida Project. I think that was probably yes. my favorite movie. I think Florida Project, Phantom Thread, I've got, and Let the Corpses Tan. Let the I didn't, I didn't dig that one as much as as much as I thought I would. Let the Corpses Tan. Mm-hmm. I was in, I was into it when I saw it. I was really in the mood for it. I think on reflection, um, maybe Brawl and Cell Block ninety nine. Um, I think about that movie a lot. That but one, I'm, that one has like, like so what he's so good at, what he does in Bone Tomahawk, which we're talking about rips. That was another. That's a that's a rip of something I did, but um. <laughs> which I, I I won't get into, but brawl in cell block ninety nine, uh, when he stomps that guy's st- that guy's skull in into the toilet. What the heck? Like that was that was pretty amazing. Yeah, it's it's what it what it does well. It does really well when it turns into an exploiter. Yeah. Also, uh, Vince Vaughn um, beating up a car. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite scenes of a long time. Did we start the podcast? I think brawl in cell block ninety nine was our second podcast, wasn't it? No, it was our yeah because our Shape of Water came out 2017. That was our first year. Our oh, first so we're, so now now we're now we're just repeating. Oh. So, it's yeah, the birth. Okay. That's why I'm going to burn through these last three pretty quick. I just want to also say that this was the year when I started getting burned, where people would yeah. people would say this is this is my list of overrated where I got burned. Three Billboards, Atomic Blonde, Wind River, to some extent Get Out, even though I liked it, but mm-hmm. Lady Bird, Dunkirk, Logan. Mm-hmm. Baby Driver, Shape of Water, all those movies. I came back thinking, what am I missing? I'm missing something everyone else saw. Right, right. Um, worst movie, and I'm just going by the trailer, is Patty Cakes. <laughs> That's about never the. Never heard of this. Never it's heard it's of a, this a, a female white rapper, and at one point in the trailer, uh, some dude says, "Your pen game is ridiculous." Mm, okay. <laughs> Which makes it the worst movie of the year. Um, I pick Coco. <laughs> I loved Coco. Don't laugh. <laughs> we're going off the rails here. We're we're, the rails. 2017. We're just picking our favorite movies. We're, we're, Why can't we're, we're, I pick we're, my we're favorite flying, movie? We're flying off the rails here. Florida. I think I'm going to settle on Florida Project. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Two, All right, two th- projects and then Coco. Coco. Yeah. Okay. This, and we're, Sorry, we're almost, almost done. Okay. Almost, go. Uh, 2018. Mandy. Annihilation. Hereditary. Uh, Border. The Sisters Brothers. Border is that weird Swedish movie about trolls. Do you guys see that? Mm-mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Suspiria remake. Uh, the mm. favorite. Sorry to bother you. Oh, I know yeah. someone likes that one. The Night Comes mm-hmm. for Us. Sharp Objects, which is a series, but I contend that it's one big movie. Um, 
I'm going with Hereditary again. That was voted. That was my best of the year of that year. I think 2018. I uh, too pick Hereditary. I pick. Sorry to bother you. I think it. I will say one criticism about Hereditary, and with most horror movies with a big ending like that, is that when it's over, you can't help but think like, "So what was the next day like?" You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but yeah, Hereditary. That performance is um, tip top. Love it. Tony Collette. Uh, yeah. Good shit. Uh, worst of the year I, of that year, I have Ready Player One. Um, Black Panther. I'm sorry, I hated Black Panther. Uh, dipshit Heat and and you were never really here. What? Why did I write that down? I uh, worst? I'm I, confused. I I, I I go with Black Panther. I, I second Black Panther. As the worst? Yeah, the movie sucked. You were never really here. Worse than Ready Player One? Yeah. You just don't like Wakanda. Uh, Dude, I don't think that's... You can make a case for that. Because Mm. Black Panther does have... um, We we talked about it. It has has a white guy in it who's really good. (laughs) 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 The guy guy who plays the... the, Andy Serkis. He's in Oh, Andy sure. Serkis. Oh, Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. Who's yeah. really good? There's that that white guy. The guy in, plays Gollum. That white guy in Black Panther is really good. <laughs> he gets killed kind of early he on. I don't he's know. Kind of yeah. He's a piece of, any, anyway, anyway. Anyway. Ready Player One uh, probably works. Yeah. 2019 is Midsummer Knives Ooh. Out. Mm. Um, the Uncut Gems trailer. Parasite <laughs> in Fabric. Uh, which ended up being kind of a C plus. I'm taking it off the list right now. Store, uh, the lighthouse, um, the Joker fucking sucked, but it's on the list just because I hadn't seen it when I made this list. Um, yeah, man, that's that was a weird. That's this it's year. A, so yeah, all these years get get worse and worse, right? And and then we're left with like. So I'm gonna go with Midsummer. I love I loved Midsummer. Yeah, Midsummer. Um, I also I also loved Parasite, and I love I didn't love, but I had very conflicting emotions about Uncut Gems. But well, I also got... saw Uncut Gems in. Do we see it in twenty twenty or last no, year? No, we saw it on Christmas. Well, I'm we saw it on Christmas. Okay, just to, yeah. just to be clear, I'm talking about the trailer. The trailer yeah. is in my best of the year. I've got Midsummer, <laughs> Knives Out, and Uncut Gems trailers. You, you've still not seen Uncut Gems. No, why would I? I don't need to see it. The trailer is perfect. The trailer's got everything right. I want. The trailer's got a got a Furby. There's a Furby in it. It's got yeah. a great performance, great editing. The trailer is all I need. I'm Uncut Gems is on my top ten of 2019 as the trailer alone. <laughs> I, it'll only get better as a movie, I guess. But you know, I don't have that kind of time. Maybe. Um, maybe. The Lighthouse was Dave, great. You guys, Dave, you guys didn't like Dave. You what? you have you have that time. Oh, I'm like. No, I haven't yeah. seen the lighthouse yet. I'm really, I'm really committed to my uncut gems trailer bit. Are you gonna like? Are you gonna? No, play I'm along? into it, man. No, I'm into okay. it. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, yeah. Okay. Did Rios? Did you say you saw the lighthouse? No, no, we haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. It's on my list. Um, but I let's watch the lighthouse tonight. Ew, maybe. It's good shit. It's the shining. It's good. That's, that's not gonna spoil. I've me. never seen the shining. What? <laughs> what? I've just seen a lot of bad movies, Keaton. I just I. Yeah. Dude, Osborne, are you listening to me right now? In some I cultures, am. you can divorce someone just by saying, I divorced <laughs> four times out loud. White culture? It's like Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I learned about that in, in uh, a thing called love. Yeah. Uh, River Phoenix's last movie. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. The, um, as far as the worst of the year, the wor- do you remember uh, every year I do this thing where the worst of the year is a concept. One mm-hmm. time it was the, um, those those sort of displays those those virtual reality displays that were in all movies those intangible mm-hmm. bullshit where they make they look like they're conducting an orchestra mm-hmm. the minority report one, kind of yes thing, head yeah. tilts head tilts was one year right mm-hmm. head tilts um this year it's the unspoken remake i think is the worst thing that's happened to films and that's where it's where things are remakes, but nobody acknowledges the source. At first, they they crept up on us with the soft re- the reboots, where they called them a soft reboot, like Force Awakens, you know. Or oh, okay, and mm-hmm. and you could even make a point that the Mad Max movie was a good version of that. But now they do these unspoken remakes, where they're just making a movie again, but they're just not telling anybody they're doing it. And the Joker is absolutely <laughs> an unspoken remake. It's a remake of Taxi Driver. Right. To where to where they wanted so bad to just have these people meeting at a taxi shop and then going out and doing their taxi shit. So they had to invent some parallel universe where clowns all get together in a garage and turn put on clown outfits and okay. go to their clown gigs because they just couldn't map everything on a taxi driver. But um I don't know. It's fucking bad. It's uh it's it's it they it pretends to be a kill the rich movie, mm. but it's not. It's mm. not you know, it, it's supposed to, it acts like it's going to be this uprising of getting back at the rich. But like most of these movies, everyone who is most brutally murdered, like every inch of it that has some sort of visceral violence is directed at a, at a person who's poor or on his level. Mm-hmm. So with, the, I guess, the exception of one particular murder, but it doesn't feel like it it is a one of those kill the rich. We've never really gotten the kill the rich, rich movie that they promised us. It also has as much slow motion and big feelings as like a Zack Snyder. It's a, and you talked about how it's comic book skin over a. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. one of my big you're, fears you're, is that like, they're right. going to they're, they're take, they're right. take comic book movies and they're going to start remaking uh, classic movies with you're, just you're comic book characters. Yeah. Mm. You called it could have been like a. I started for a minute. I was enjoying like a sort of perfectly respectable mental health case, losing his shit in the uncaring world type movie. But then it would say something about Bruce Wayne or do like Zack Snyder slow mo, and it reminded me that it meant everything meant less than I thought. You know, mm-hmm. everything. It actually, I will give it credit for this. It has the best period detail of New York I've seen in a movie in a long, long time, but it's not even New York. It's Gotham city, but they wanted to make it look so much like taxi driver that it looks exactly like 1970s New York. Mm, Uh, Okay. All right. Anyway. So uh, I have that as uh, the worst, um, the Joker as far as overhyped shit. So I, I voted midsummer and the uncut gems trailer. What did you vote for? Midsummer. Okay. Um, I vote for us and Parasite. Parasite, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen it because I'm not allowed to buy it. I have to rent it. <laughs> Did you see Rios? You'd love this. You like Del Toro? Have you seen Tigers Are Not Afraid? Oh no, but I want to see it really bad. Yeah, it's on my yeah, my watch list as the, well. What's the Isa, Isa Lopez? Is it? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's got this trope that uh, I kind of like, but kind of kind of hate is where uh-huh. in when there's homeless kids that are when they're watching like a broken television and someone's doing like a puppet show on a broken television. I don't know why that happens in so many movies, but it has that it has that moment. Um, but it has things with children and children wreck me now when I watch them. Like yeah. little kid, a little yeah. kid living living in a broken TV. I would be like less affected by an actual snuff film than what happens with children in some of these movies now. And this, and it's totally a JV Guillermo del Toro. Like it's for some reason that dude is cornered the market on children's movies, but they're also R rated fantasies for some reason with the back, with the backdrop of Mexico and turmoil, violence and war. In this case, it's the drug war. Yeah. Uh, And uh, you know, it is about a strong, young woman in some rubble but not made by a bearded white guy you know so i think i think it's uh it's worth watching i think you'd like it if you're a del toro junkie um i forgot us us came out too and i think that us was probably in my top two it's between us midsummer and uncut gems trailer which i'm gonna run that joke into the ground the worst of the year, Glass, Ready or Not, another fake class warfare, fuck you movie. Um, Serenity, you guys should watch it to see something. It, the, it's worth it just to see how bad it is. There's a <laughs> twist. It's the worst bad, the worst twist I've seen in a long time. Captain Marvel was bad. Um, the Dead Don't Die. It's I'm very sad to say that because my yeah. book, yeah. Stealing Propeller Hats from the Dead, is in the film. Um, but that's integrity, kids. This is this is the most in, in, integrity laden <laughs> podcast of all time. And uh, yeah, that's it. So that is that's the decade, man. So I we fucking did I, it. We did it. We did it. I've made a best of the decade. That's kind of wacky. I have number one. Um, it's kind of redundant to some other lists I've seen as Mad Max Fury Road. Okay, the best of the decade. But it's weird because, like you said earlier, movies for that particular year, I can't – it's like I don't want to put the top five here, movies that didn't win their year. But you're right. Some movies are better that would dominate other – like five other years, but they didn't yeah. dominate that year. Mm-hmm. Right. So they, so my list is wacky. I've got Mad Max Fury Road, number two, Wolf of Wall Street, number three, Upstream Color, number four, Midsummer, and number five, Under the Skin. That is my top five of the decade yeah that's a good list man that's good um, mine is what, uh green room oh my um <laughs> i don't know i don't know i'd have to think more about like what my actual top of the decade was yeah but, me too yeah. it's it's too bad we didn't have a podcast that we were supposed to do exactly that but yeah yeah you go yeah, no, you exactly. think about it you go ahead and think about it we'll do it later i'll think about it yeah i'll think about it i'll, yeah. g- I'll, g- I'll give it some thought so it'd probably be green room uh Star Wars came out, right? So Star Wars. He looks, he looks at the camera. He looks at the I would camera. see. Uh, Hereditary for me. Um, the Wailing. The Wailing. I fucking love The Wailing. I'm also going to keep including The Handmaiden, even though they're from the same year. Yeah, you've convinced um, me. I gotta, I'm gotta. i going to watch that very soon. You need soon. to watch I, it. It's good. I, will, I, will. I, I loved do. it. The Wailing. If the you like Park Chan-wook. Yeah, his um, what about that? It's interesting you bring up Hereditary again. I'm so torn between like Midsummer is on my top five of the year. Fun watching it, and it was all brightly lit, and it was all so 
fun but mean where hereditary made me really sad and disturbed but it's mm-hmm. hereditary is is the better movie but midsummer's on my list because i i would watch that again right now i don't ever want to see hereditary again i have watched but hereditary multiple times <laughs> so yeah you guys are, you got this weird you got this weird cult household over there you guys love talking about like fucking uh, side demons and all that shit. You got That's fucking pentagrams. Wow. <laughs> you know what the fuck you're talking about, dude? We're a, we're a very extremely Christian household. Uh, we liked, we actually, we actually liked God as you guys uh, live. You guys uh, live a little, de- little deliciously over there. I, I suspect. I suspect. Oh, hell yeah, dude. That's true. Oh my God. That's right. <laughs> no, I'm saying. So yeah. I think those these are solid lists. Thank you, Rios, for participating in the top five of the decade because he didn't have the fucking foresight to do it. So I'm so glad you were here to give us your top five. Oh no. Okay, so for real, my my yeah, my, go. My, my top five go right of the now. decade. Three, okay, cool. two, one, go. All right, green, ready? Green, uh, green room. Green and uh, room. Green and green room, and room is on there. Green room's probably five. Four is the master. Okay. Uh, All right. Number three would probably be the whaling. Number two, whaling getting a lot of love tonight. Number two would be midsummer. Okay. And then my number one, dun, 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 dun. once upon a time in hot. No, I'm just kidding. Ew. Um, that was a good movie though. Once upon a time in Hollywood was good. Let's not talk about that. Um, talking about. I watched that again, by the way. And my opinion of it plummeted. I was so bored. Was so oh, bored. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, uh, you need. A, you still need a number five, number, right? Yeah. Uh, so the top movie. Gosh, because Midsummer was so good. I don't know if I put this above it. Uh, f- While you're thinking, let me just add this real quick. I had a special note here, a note to myself that Lynn Ramsey's. We need to talk about Kevin. I think is the biggest upgrade from source material to movie since Fight Club. So it gives mm. me kind of a I like to book in the decade with that. Like Fight Club, I think was even though it's a good book, I think the movie is a huge upgrade, which shows how good that movie was. And we need to talk about Kevin was a interesting book, but the movie um that's why maybe there I was saying earlier, even though I don't really have hope for American Dirt adaptation, but sometimes people can mm-hmm turn shit into gold no and, uh, key and it's gonna be bad and i hope that it fails okay miserably. you're right i it it's it, yeah you that it doesn't look like there's anything there to even start with I just, we need to talk about kevin has a good gimmick that uh you guys should check it out if you haven't seen it can i um, can i okay sorry i'm gonna thinking and I, I figured out what the other movie is what is it drive drives uh, up there yeah okay all right yeah. mm-hmm. fair enough can i say one more thing about that I just learned about our friend at American Dirt. Yes. So her book is being translated into Spanish, but guess who she got to translate her book? Jim Carrey. No, an Argentinian person. Oh, Will. <laughs> Will, Will. <laughs> okay, that's all I wanted uh, to say. That. Sorry. <laughs> I, I actually I bungled that joke anyway. Do you remember Will Ferrell did those telenovelas in Spanish? Yeah. yeah. That's what I that, pretend I said that. I missed the whole the whole point of that. Why is Argentinian? Why is that funny? 
It's just a different kind of Spanish. It's like a, it's not going to be the same kind of Spanish. No, like I just you know if you're if if a book was getting translated, uh, let's say somebody from uh, Poland wrote a book about Americans and then like an Australian translated it, it okay. would be like I just I just I just showed my ass on the nuances of hey, it's uh, what we do of language. Um, okay, so I your feel- number one is drive. I would, uh, and your number one is so okay. Mine was so Mad Max, Mad Max, two, two, two driving films. Ah. Um, so yeah, Mad Max is up there too. I and this might be something that I have to go back and correct, but I loved Midsummer so much it might be Midsummer. Really, it might it may, actually be Midsummer. Yeah, it's it's so much fun. It's number four. It, on my it list. is fun. Yeah, it's just. It's so good. We have it. You can um, watch it again. You can watch it anytime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, true. Also, I would even argue that it's, you know, we said that Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind was the most uh, accurate depiction of a relationship. Midsummer is probably the most accurate depiction of a modern relationship as far as the shittiness and gaslighting and like. The relationship and just like, it has everything that I want yeah. in a movie. Like all the, all the pagan occultist stuff. It has like. That's the, what like, I thought. Absolute, that, that's what I thought. The absolute absolute best depiction I've ever seen on screen of an acid trip, right? You guys are are into the the devil over there, aren't you? (laughs) You're to the the devil. No, I wouldn't wouldn't say that. All the clues, all the clues are there. I would say, I would say, uh, uh, no, no, we're, we're very Christian. It's true. (sighs) I'm reading the Bible right now to my heart. (laughs) She it's is. Rios, Rios just carries a Bible around. It's true. Yeah. And I, I have a rosary that I just bought. So. The only reason to carry a, you should carry a Bible around because if you've seen enough movies, it's going to stop a bullet one day. You have yeah. it in your, in your vest pocket. It will stop a bullet. Yep. Um, all right. I think we're going to wrap it up. Is that it? Yeah, I think that's it, man. That's, that's you know, we got it under three hours. <laughs> just barely just under three hours. Juice, all part right, one and part two. All right. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, that was our best of the decade, along with some uh, shit talk about oh, bitch ass Janine Cummins. More than that, best of two decades, because I don't know yeah, math. Yeah, best, best, best of two decades and also 1999. So um, there you go. All right. Thanks very much.